0: Good evening and welcome to everyone attending this third meeting of for District Council Local Plan Leadership Group, which is a virtual one, and also welcome to those of you listening into the broadcast. I'm Councillor Alan Storer, Chair of the group, and I'll start by running through some procedural rules for the meeting. I'll start by asking you all to please either turn off your mobile phones or put them on silent. May I also remind you to keep yourself on mute at all times when not speaking. This should prevent undue distraction from background noise. Please do not speak unless I ask you to do so. To indicate that you wish to speak, please raise the blue hand next to your name on the white participants column on the right of your screen. This will indicate that you wish to speak. When you have spoken, please lower your blue hand. For the benefit of those listening online, the officers we have with us this evening are Gordon Glenday, Assistant Director, and from the Planning Policy team, Stephen Miles, Sarah Nicholas, Luke Mills, and last but not least, Hayley Richardson. I'll now ask Sarah Nicholas to take a register so that those listening will know who is present today. Sarah, we you call the register.
1: Thank you, Chairman, and uh, apologies, councillors, that my camera's not working. Um, so, from the attendance, uh, councillor Bagnall? Yeah, present. Councillor Caton?
2: Present.
1: Uh, councillor Evans as guest? Present, thank you. Councillor Freeman? He is absent. I've
0: clearly done this the wrong way around. Uh, he sent his apologies, I was going to come on to that shortly.
1: Councillor Lees? Present. present. Councillor Lemon? Present. Councillor Light? Yes. Councillor Merrifield?
0: He's also not present,
1: Sarah. Okay. Uh, Councillor Pavitt? Present. Councillor Reeve?
0: Present.
1: Councillor Sutton? Present. Councillor Taylor? Okay. Is Councillor Taylor here? don't see.
3: Doesn't appear to be. Um,
1: <laughs> um and we also have some visitors, uh, Chairman. Do you wish them to introduce themselves?
0: I will I'll get onto that in just a moment, if I may, as I will do with the with the apologies.
1: Because we have some councillor visitors as well as um, other visitors.
0: Yeah. Members, I was disappointed by our last meeting as, in my opinion at least, it didn't go nearly as well as the first one, in that it was protracted, not focused and therefore unduly time-consuming. So I want to rectify that and make sure that this one runs much more smoothly. Sure, we had broadcasting problems last time, but that was not the because I'm normally not one to attribute blame, but on that occasion... Blame can be attributed for and went wrong, and I think should be. I consider that, in that particular instance, the, the blame rests fairly and squarely on my shoulders. That was because, like all my fellow Yorkshiremen, I'm far too generous. And on that evening, I was too willing to allow members to have their say by allowing them to speak repeatedly. But that backfired in terms of the efficiency and effectiveness of the meeting because the discussion was both repetitive and disjointed rather than moving on as it should have done. So now I'm going to refer you back to the working arrangements as to how these meetings will be conducted, which I drew up and read out at the first meeting. One of them states that all members are treated fairly and reasonably with regard to the length and more importantly, frequency with which they are allowed to speak. And I'm going to curtail members' comments and questions to two per member per subject on at least a trial basis in an attempt to overcome that particular issue. For the majority, that won't be an issue at all, but for some, it should make you think before you raise your blue hand. So we'll see how that works. For the portfolio holder, me well, remind you that you are here as a guest of the group, and that as such, your role is to ask and answer questions, that's all. And for the other members present, let me remind you that you are here as observers only, and hence not permitted to speak. Now, let's move on. Uh, Sorry,
1: Chairman, Uh, Petrina Lees has her hand up. I don't know whether that's in response to what you've just said.
4: It it is, if I may. If I may, Chair, um, I think it's very gracious of you, Um, to say that the blame lays totally on your soldiers, I'm going to disagree. I think that a committee is of all members and not just the chair, and we are all responsible for behaving appropriately and commenting appropriately. I welcome your uh, suggestions today, of which I didn't know beforehand, of the two per member. I think it's excellent, but I would like to clearly state that I think this is a collective responsibility and not just the chairman, if I may. And, I, and also, if I'd just like to say, I'm going to lower my hand now, and I think that's one of the things that you did mention earlier, but I'd just like to reiterate that if we all lower our hand after we've spoken, that will help. Thank you. It makes such a difference. Thank you
0: very much indeed for those comments, Councillor Uh
1: Sorry, Chairman, can I just say that uh, Councillor Taylor has now joined us? Councillor
0: Taylor, welcome. Thank you. OK, so now... Let's move on, and I'd like to do so by drawing your attention to three matters that relate to the task that we face and the reason we are here. They are, first, we have a huge challenge before us. We have to consider and assimilate vast amounts of technical information and to transpose that into what we each consider to be the optimum outcome in terms of the future development of the district. Second, we will no doubt have differences of opinions, that is inevitable, and I'd be amazed if we didn't, but despite that, we need to respect one another's opinion, such that we should work together as a team. And last, but by no means least, our aim is to recommend to Cabinet what we consider to be the best possible plan for the district to be prepared within the specified time frame. But having said that, we must acknowledge that not all residents will be happy with the plan. So, to recap on these three important points. The best possible plan, to work as a team, this is a huge challenge. Thank you for your forbearance, one and all. We can now commence the meeting, which starts with the public speakers.
1: Uh, sorry, Councillor Stora. Um... Yeah. Councillor Light, has a hand up. I don't know what issue it relates to.
5: Yes, thank you, uh, if I may. I just wanted to comment on your uh, introduction there, that I appreciate that a lot of time is taken during debate. However, these are very complex issues And we need proper debate that is not time limited. And it may be that um, members wish to raise more than uh, two points. So whilst I appreciate your working with time efficiency, I would actually um, state that I don't think that that is uh, particularly, um, let's say, accountable or or, or, uh, fair and democratic. Um, Therefore, I have to register my objection to this. Thank you.
0: Well, you can object to that, council Light, as you have them. Thank you very much indeed. We will move on. As I was going to say, we have two speakers, both of which represent the CPRE, and each of which has four minutes to make their statements. So, could we have the first speaker, please, who I believe is Richard Haynes. Please unmute yourself, Mr Haynes, and the floor is yours. Thank you. I think actually we probably agreed that Tricia would go first, but I'm very happy to go first if you prefer. I have no preference whatsoever. It's between the two of you. We'll go with whatever you wish to say. So can I ask Tricia? Can I can I ask Tricia if she would like to go first?
2: I hope she's still there. <laughs> yeah.
6: Yes, that that, Trisha, that, that, you that, that that that's fine by me, Ruth. Yes, thank you. Right. Good evening, Chairman. Good evening, Councillors. Um, I'm Trisha Moxley, chairman of uh, Vice-Chairman of uh, CPRE Essex, and I welcome this opportunity to say a few words. Um, CPRE has brand, rebranded itself as the Countryside Charity and continues to campaign for a vibrant and productive countryside with development in the right place. Please do look at the CPRE website for details of so many useful reports that this organisation produces. You've already mentioned that Atlasford is faced with a a real challenge to um, prepare its new local plan. And I would urge you to seize this opportunity to refresh your previous work and integrate changes which have become apparent as the result of the response to COVID-19. Residents will require provision for enhanced home working space, good connectivity for broadband, easy access to nearby green open spaces, shopping facilities and local employment hubs. Uttlesford is an excellent area in which to live due to its stunning historic landscapes and it would be great if all new development proposals consider the local historic and cultural settings as well as meet the more stringent energy efficiency requirements such as those for passive housing standards and be mindful of the recommendations of the Living with Beauty 2020 report. Much of your area consists of good quality agricultural land with many farmers being supported by the varying levels of stewardship grants. This has resulted in an uptick in the local biodiversity with more wildflowers, skylarks and beneficial insects. With only 14.8 square kilometres of ancient woodland and overall tree cover being a mere 6%, planting more trees would be a great idea, but they have to be the right trees in the right place. And do remember that fertile agricultural soils also absorb significant amounts of carbon. Retaining agricultural land is vital for future food security. In 2019, the UK government declared a climate emergency, and green issues have risen some way up the agenda. Essex County Council has produced its green infrastructure strategy, and its recommended policies must be at the heart of your decision-making at every stage in the planning and design process, and integrated into place-shaping. The proposal to develop Eastern Park as a major recreational attraction to help reduce the pressures on the medieval woodlands of Hatfield Forest would be a real game-changer, and this too will act as a carbon sink. CPRE advocates using brownfield sites first, and I would recommend that you take a look at its excellent reference source, on this, which is a state of brownfield land. This document contains helpful toolkits, which help to identify additional local sites with development potential. I am aware that Kevin Bentley, uh, Councillor Kevin Bentley, has raised the issue of rail upgrades on busy rail lines to cope with the decarbonisation strategy to get freight off roads and back onto the rail network. This may well have implications for your own local rail network in the future. And of course, any future development will place additional strains on resources for water supplies and sewage treatment, and this should be referenced in your supporting documents, along with the continued protection of chalk streams. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much. Mr. Hayes, could I ask you
2: to uh, make your presentation now, please? Yes, certainly. Um, first of all, just to say that uh, I think uh, the council have a virtually impossible position in developing this local plan. So my sympathy to all concerned. Um, but uh, I mean, you you are actually faced with having to produce a new local plan in almost record breaking time at a time when you've got two government consultations out, which create enormous uncertainty for you and uh, at the same time with the possibility of uh, a virtually impossible housing requirement. So, first of all, sympathy to, to everybody. But there are just two agenda items that I would like specifically to, uh, to talk about. The first is um, with regard to your areas of search, item eight, I think it is. Um, I mean, yes, uh, areas specifying, areas of search. It's a good idea. There are lots of benefits to it. And um, I think um, uh, probably your officers are in agreement with that. Um, the indicative map that uh, was provided with your papers does show um, communication links, it shows employment areas, and certainly these are um, very sound indicators of sustainability. But I would also ask you to have regard and perhaps build into your map, um, if that map is going to be uh, used, um, environmental factors and environmental constraints. We do see that as something that is um, very important in the development of this plan. Um, I have to say your uh, planning committee has not exactly covered themselves in glory on this uh, so far uh, with the um, allocation of 200,000 solar panels on 200 acres of best and versatile land. But uh, never mind. Um, Hopefully the local plan will start to put right that sort of error. With regards to um, there may be um, least worst options that have to be chosen. And the one thing I would say is that whilst CPRE are very keen on protecting the green belt, there may be cases where there is compromised green belt, which is a better solution than undesignated land, where um, you could find that the damage would be much more harmful. So that's the first item I would like to uh, to, to comment on. The second is with regards to item number nine, which is your um, consultation response. Um, there's a lot in the officer's response, which is, is good. But there are a few things I think do need to be addressed. First of all, in question one, I can't understand why you would agree that it is sensible that the baseline should be higher of half a percent of the existing housing stock or the housing projections, because the half a percent is never going to apply in a place like Uttlesford, and yet it could be a very good break on unsustainable development, so I think probably there needs to be a response change there uh, to indicate that um, the baseline should, in fact, be it should be down to the it should be at the option of the local authority to choose which baseline they select. Then question four. I mean, this is my personal bugbear uh, with regard to um, affordability, and again, I don't see why you should be saying that. Um, affordability should be taken into account in determining your housing requirement because Huddersfield's um, household projection figure only amounts to 479 units. But under the current system, this increases to 764. Under the proposed new system, as, as you all know, this would, with the affordability adjustment, go up to 1,231, a number which is, it could never be provided in any sustainable form. So I think that this is something which does need to be addressed. And, um, I mean, the the fundamental problem is the government's stated view is that if you increase the allocation of housing land, you will bring down house prices. The government, in its own review, said that that just would not happen. Oliver Letwin's review, which was carried out a couple of years ago, specifically said that that doesn't happen because developers would always develop at a rate... Which ensures that at least the current house prices maintain. So the government knows full well that this will not be achieved. I mean, the other point is quite simply that if you increase the rate of house building, you, put, you have greater demand for um, skilled building trades. Therefore, the cost of building goes up, and so rather than reducing prices, you actually get cost push inflation, which moves them up again. So um, I think everybody knows that this is, this is wrong. Why the government is pursuing it, we don't know. But um, it is something which I think you have got to very clearly uh, make plain in your response to uh, to this consultation. A couple of other points. First of all, with regard to first homes on exception sites, um, I see absolutely no reason why there should be uh, free market housing on exception sites. Exception sites. Um, the whole point is that they are not their sites which would normally never have development permitted on them because be contrary to policy. Uh, so why should allow market housing on those sites? I cannot imagine. And then finally, question 17. I do agree with your officer's response that it is complete nonsense to raise the threshold uh, for affordable housing to something like 40 or 50 units, because there are actually very, very few sites which are that big. So therefore, you would end up with very, very little affordable housing. So I think that that is a another important point to go back on. Um, So finally, just with regard to future action, what should you be doing? Well, I mean, there is a a huge amount of opposition to this, both within Parliament and within local authorities. Um, Petitions are being signed. And I think the Duttersport has got to um, apply a lot of pressure itself. Most of the pressure at the moment is coming from Hampshire and and, and Berkshire. I heard today um, that Buckinghamshire are... I'm um, uh, 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 making noises as well. I mean, Buckinghamshire is not what it was, but it is still an awful lot bigger than, uh, than Uttlesford, and yet its requirement is only about 1,000, which is considerably less than, uh, than Uttlesford. I think Udsford have got to put their hand up and make a lot of noise about this. I think you need an urgent meeting with the MP. Uh, I know she's not terribly keen on constituency matters, but I think if she, can be, if she can be told or if she can appreciate that there is a wealth of feeling amongst fellow MPs, uh, then I think she might be prepared to jump on the bandwagon. I think you've got to liaise with other districts on this. This is a fundamental um, issue that could damage Uttlesford and all that is good in Uttlesford if it is allowed to, uh, to, go, uh, to go ahead and if you allow yourselves to be dictated to you by a central government. So I think there's a lot to do, and I would ask you, therefore, through this committee and through your officers, to uh, make the strongest possible representations. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your presentation, Mr Haynes. Thank you to both our speakers.
0: You can either leave the meeting now or stay, provided that you would be good enough to stop the video and mute yourselves. Turning now then to item one on the agenda. Um, can't be for the horse I'm afraid my fault do we have any apologies for absence answer is yes we do from councillors Merrifield and Freeman Uh, but no more because everyone else is here moving on then to declarations of interest have there been any change in circumstance to the declarations made since our previous meetings no I'm seeing no indication there so Thank you, that's fine. Item 2 then, minutes of the previous meeting on pages 5 to 10 of our agenda. I'll take these these page by page. Does anyone get hold of the right mouse? Does anyone have any comments on page 5? Page 6?
7: Sorry, sorry Chair. Point of order. The actual minutes start on
0: page four. Well true, yes, at the bottom of. do you have any does anyone have any comment on that line then at the bottom of page i I'd be surprised, but there we go. Okay. Page five and on to page six then. Now page seven,
8: eight,
0: nine, and ten. No, nothing there. So let me say thank you, Hayley, for a clear um, and concise set of minutes. Item three on our agenda is a local plan project initiation documents. Members, we considered this in some depth at our last meeting, so I don't wish to repeat what's already been said. Does anyone have any comments or questions before I raise a particular issue?
7: Thank you, Chair. Uh, the purpose of these uh, of this project initiation document, are we here to approve it to the next
0: stage, or are we here just to discuss it? Uh, my understanding is that we, we're here to dis- not really discuss it, because we've already done that. I wouldn't want to uh, repeat everything we said at our last meeting. So... Uh, to recommend, well, make whatever our recommendation is, whether we, we wish it to be taken forward or whether we have some fundamental objection with it. Unless Mr. So, so I think it's important we evening. understand,
8: it's, sorry, Chair, I think it's important that we understand why we're looking at it on the agenda
0: today. Yeah, Can I just clarify, Miles? To comment upon this, if I may, as I say, I've said what, what my understanding is, Mr. Miles. Do you have any comment upon this? So um, it, the document's been brought before you today. Um, it,
9: it was brought before you back in, in August. You will you will recall, um, and at that point, uh, we wanted to take a make, make a a few small updates to take into account the fact that the paling white paper had been published uh, and, and things like that. Those updates have been been made. Uh, a few other kind of tweaks, and it's being brought back before you for your comments before it goes on to cabinet, onto scrutiny and then cabinet for approval. So you're, you're being asked to, to comment on something that's that's going on to scrutiny and then cabinet. So I think I think my question still stands. in what is the purpose
7: of it coming here? Are we not approving anything to go forward? Yes, we can. Would be my understanding. You know, we're just being notified
0: that certain changes have been made to reflect subsequent um, changes in circumstances or updates. OK, I'll, I'll defer. i I'll have a question and I'll let others speak first.
7: OK, Councillor Pavitt then, please. Uh, thank you, Chair. I was just going to clarify, I think Stephen's probably done it now, that is that basically everything we're doing
10: is in process towards Cabinet. So... Scrutiny ultimately will look at it in the context of um, its efficacy, but we're there to, to think tank it uh, and, and give it some sort of some, some muscle before it goes further on. Um, so this is a this is a discussion forum uh, on, on topics such as that. But as you point out, this has been discussed. It's just some tweaks for comment. Thank you, Councillor. Councillor Lee's,
0: please. Uh,
4: if I may, I think Councillor Caten was before me. Terribly sorry to be pedantic, but i he, I put my hand up later, so I don't want to go ahead. Councillor Caten was before me. I must admit, I'm struggling with the sequence of events. Yes, um, yeah. If I suppose, really, if we may say that whoever you say will be OK in future, if all the committee agree with that, then we don't need to keep saying that. But on this one occasion, I um, will go to Councillor Caten, but thank you.
11: Okay. Councillor Caten, uh, please. Thank you, Mr Chairman, thank you, Councillor Um It's just a minor point. Well, I think it's a substantial point. But on this, uh, the appendix of this item, um, on item six on page 94, it mentions working with regional-scale organisations like the M11 Innovation Corridor, the Oxford-Cambridge Park Regional Strategy, the South West Hearts Strategic Plan, the Hertfordshire Infrastructure and Planning Partnership, North Essex Authorities, and I would add to that the South East LEP, but they're not actually mentioned in the list of consultees uh, at this stage, uh, in this document, and I think for the sake of consistency. We should include those regional groups as well on all the kind of
0: consultation um, schedules Are members in agreement with that? Ms Miles do you have any comments on, on that?
9: Um, no, I mean it makes sense to, to be consistent I think Good suggestion Okay,
4: okay
9: Councillor Lees then please
4: Uh, Yes, uh, sorry, Mr. Chair. It's very difficult on the screen to get my mod up. and that. There are a couple of. I know we have discussed it before, but there are a couple of things I just wanted to clarify so everybody could hear. And I can't find the page now, and I'll ask Stephen. Um, Somewhere in the document, early on, it says that we are going to uh, use consultation with. We are going to use expertise um i'm just double checking that are we aware of those expertise that we will be looking at to do some work at this early stage or is it just a statement to cover the fact that we will that's the first question if i may um oh yeah are we it's on page 17 availability of project term members and appropriate range of skills by specialist consultants that's my first question my second question if I may, is the project has a close association with the following projects and work streams of the council, which is the Climate Strategy and the 2021 Housing Strategy Review, Future Economic Strategy. That's on page 17. Um, and I'm just wondering whether we will be looking at the interim planning environmental policy that I know that the officer, Mr Glenday, has been working with 65-page document with councillor pepper and i think that would do for now sir
9: Shall I yeah.
8: um
9: so I'll, I'll, I'll take the questions in, in reverse order um, on the, the climate change, change work, uh, certainly we will be taking that that work which um, Mr. Glenday and, and Councillor Peppers have been and leading on, and incorporating that into the local plan um, where where appropriate, and, and also updating it and, and enhancing it where we can. Of course, uh, doing that will will give it um, statutory weight through the through the local plan. Oh, on the first question on on resources, so to, I think you're referring to the first bullet on, on page 17 resources so this so this is just paragraph 3.8 is, is listing the 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 kind of it says there that that we're all working on that and and the first bullet point there is just indicating that we have we have a, a team of officers who is working on the local plan but it's not an infinite team with, with infinite skills and, and it's, that that's all that that bullet point is is intended to to imply
0: Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Careful light, please.
5: I just wanted to um, ask Stephen to draw our attention to uh, additions and alterations because um, I I hadn't, um, you know, if you could indicate those, it would be really helpful from last time. Thank you.
4: It, if I may, Chair, the original document is on the modgov for the last meeting. Um, I took that out. I read that in addition with this one, and noted the changes. If that's too tricky for Stephen to do, they haven't tracked any changes. So if it helps, Councillor Light, the original document is on the modgov for the last meeting, <clears throat> in presentation form, and then the new one can be read alongside to compare and contrast.
9: It's probably not easy to for me to, to indicate which bits have, have changed through through reading the paper. Uh, so yeah, I think it's probably best to be read alongside the previous version, or we can look back through our documentation and seek to find a track change version um, before it goes to uh, on, on to cabinet. If that's assistance, uh, uh, yeah, for me that would be a useful uh, exercise to uh, to compare
5: them side by side.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much, Stephen. Councillor Reed, you're mute, Councillor.
3: Yeah, Sorry. Uh, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was looking at really at the um, the bit about the project organisation. And uh, really the question of project management, there's been sort of discussion around the subject of project management and what I mean there is the, um, the person that's just going to be making sure that all the things that are said are going to be done are being done and uh, sort of uh, hustling and hassling everybody else to make sure that that is done. Uh, it wasn't totally clear to me where that is in the organisation chart. I wondered if somebody could tell me about that, Councillor okay, so Reev. I think perhaps I can comment
0: upon this. This is the point I was going to make with Mr. Miles, or yeah, or rather with with the members as a whole. If you can just be patient, I wonder if it's now appropriate for Councillor Bagnall um, to to comment before I go back to that issue of project management Thanks, project.
7: Chair. Yeah, I, I have got a few comments Stephen. so hopefully i'll i'll keep them fairly straightforward but uh, i do agree with councillor light i think it's important that we have track changes in documents because i don't think comparing one document against the previous version is is necessarily easy or a good way to do it um, my main comments are around the resources um which you've called out in terms of your time scales and also your um, uh, your costs. So, if I was going to be signing this off at some stage as a board member, I'd want to understand what detailed analysis had gone into create those high level costs and timeframes. Uh, and I wonder if you could share that with any with this group. Um, because it might be a useful thing to share with the cabinet before you ask them to sign anything off. Um, but also, I notice in the timeline on page 21, uh, I think it's 21, uh, under section 319, your your timeline takes you through to 2024, July 2024. So, apologies if I missed something, but I thought we were sticking to our original time frame so i would have expected an exercise of sorts to see how we can bring that in to meet with the deadline of 2023 so can you explain if anything has been done to try and do that
0: we do so mr miles now i interject and i put a question to you is what mr well councillor just said about the costs and whatnot? Something that you would expect this particular group to have a handle on, or not?
12: Uh, so, the the there was
9: an intention that this group would be focusing on on the the planning issues uh, that that was involved in developing the local plan, and that the local plan scrutiny or the scrutiny. Uh, would be looking more at the the, the timing, the project management, and, and, and that sort of thing. I, I'm still happy to un- answer the uh, Councillor Bagnell's questions, but that was the, the intention, the setting up of the governance structure. Um, so, so that said, I, I will uh, answer
12: the questions. Um, so in, in setting out the, the costs,
9: which is at... Hang on, which is in there in a little table. Um, the, the, we have looked at the, the, the staff costs. So that's a easy we've looked at, we've estimated the likely evidence requirements, um, looking at what we've done for the previous local plans, um, looking at what other potential evidence we will need, uh, and, and come to a figure there. Um, and then... We've got included some, some costs for the legal and to pay for the inspectors and everything. We all have overall also included a contingency figure to allow for the fact that things will change. It's very likely that new evidence that we don't know about now is likely to, to be needed. Um, we can we either say we, it's something that we don't know. Or we think we don't is not needed now, but it might come on or it's something we don't even know about now. So we've included a contingency cost as well. Um, I should also say that the figures actually included in, in the document at paragraph 311, page 17, they, they are uh, not the, the most up-to-date figures. Apologies, there's been a, um, a drafting error there. The, the final, or the, the most up-to-date figures are, um, well, the total is 110,000 less than what is in there. But it, it's not, it's not far off what's in there, and it will be updated for, for the next uh, iterations um on the time frames um so we have looked at um how long it took to uh to work through the last local plan we have looked at uh, other local plans and how long it takes uh other authorities to develop a local plan we've taken uh, advice from the east of england local government association peer review team uh, on on how long it takes to develop a local plan and we have also uh the, the project management uh, work that's, that's gone on has developed a timeline and we kind of sense-tested that to make sure it looks like it makes sense. And the timeline that is in the PID and and, and in the LDS is uh, what we think is the, the, the best, most likely timeline for developing a local plan. Again, it does include some contingency to allow for the fact that Things might get delayed uh, or, or something like that. It does not uh, account for the fact of any changes coming through the white paper, um, because the, the changes to the planning system proposed by the government there are quite radical, and it would not be uh, well. It would be very difficult to, to develop a, a separate timeline there. Um, on the the point that the timeline go, goes to adoption in the summer of 24. That is what the, the work we've we've done indicates is the um, is what it takes to to have a, a local plan with three stages of um, of opportunity for public to comment and um, and have good time to develop the local plan and not be not be rushed. Um, so that that's 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 my response if i may share
7: yes so um so the question was whether you'd actually carried out an exercise to bring it back into 2023 Uh, i think the answer is probably no it sounds like um this might not be the right meeting so it might be a scrutiny type question but my my biggest concern here is that i'm not seeing evidence that there if are any detailed plans that help you derive your numbers and your timelines. And that worries me because if you base it on previous versions of the plan and some, some stuff from the east of England, that's not identifying all the activities and tasks that you will need to undertake to do this plan. So I'm really concerned that if you haven't identified the tasks and activities and therefore the appropriate resources... You might not get the right numbers or the right timeline at all. So uh, that, I'll voice my
0: concern. I don't want to overdo it, Chair. Yeah, thank you, uh, Mister. Just comment on that or not? Don't feel obliged if you. One, one
9: very quick comment um, to say that we, we have built a timeline looking at all the tasks, um, and, and we're not just looking at other people. We're we're sense checking that timeline against other authorities. Um, also, to uh, update you that we a report will be going to scrutiny committee, looking in, in a bit more detail at the project management activity. Thank you, Councillor Lemon.
13: Thank you, Chair. Yes, I agree with uh, Councillor Baggallon. In fact, I'm quite confused because I did think at la- our last meeting they did say that we did really want this dealt with by 2023. Uh, I'm, I'm quite confused that um it's now seems to have gone to 2024 but it go to 2025 but I, I really do think that we should try to get it through by 2023 i think uh, sorry chairman uh gordon glenday
1: would like to respond to that
0: yes well, i would if i may as well uh, before mr glenday if i may Uh, It's a question to Mr Miles, given that he and I had a conversation this morning. Mr Miles, is it appropriate for you to mention um, one of the outcomes of the meeting you had with the the civil servants and the ministry now, or do you want to leave it to the next item?
9: Because I think it will um, dissipate some of the members' concern. Yes, happy to to mention it now. Um, Yes, so last week the week before last um we met with um three people from the ministry for housing communities and local government to discuss our local plan um won't going into everything that's discussed it's not relevant to this particular question but we did uh, put the timetable to them uh, saying what what the timetable was before you we put it before them to ask them for their views they were uh, of the opinion that if we had submitted the local plan by December twenty-three by the government's deadline, then the government would not be looking to intervene. Um, and the, the reason they said that is because it, it wouldn't achieve anything; it wouldn't make us go to, go faster. They also said that the, the main thing that they wanted to see from Uttlesford and, and other districts like us is is progress and and the intention to go forward. So i I've, I talked we talked about. Um, Uh, the desire of of the the very strong desire of the council and and of all most members that they they want the local plan, they want it uh, as soon as possible in order to guard the district against speculative development. Um, And and that appeared to land well. Yeah, I hope
0: that addresses your points to to a degree. Uh, Mr Glendale, please. I'm sorry if I uh, made your wait there. Oh, no, no, not at all.
14: Sorry to no, Sorry, Chair. That, no, that was the exact point I was going to raise. What, what Stephen just said, I am just going to give members that comfort. That I, I know from before there was a concern that because the government was saying about 2023 and we had a plan going into 2024, understandably members were some concerns, but as, as we said at the time, we were confident that if we submit by 2023,
0: we'd be fine and MHCLG confirmed that. So just to give you that reassurance that we will be fine with that actual target. I don't wish to put words in anyone's mouth, any of the officers' mouths but I get the distinct impression, and it's more than that that to pursue this target of adoption by December 2023 is just simply unrealistic is that right my perception or not
9: would you say Um, yes if if you want to have three stages of the public participation, then it would it is not a realistic timetable to have the plan adopted by December twenty three. That's not to say that we won't try. The council won't try and do it quicker than the timetable that's in the local development scheme. And where there's opportunities to to make savings, for example, the contingency that's built in. If we don't need it, then there's a potential saving there. Um, then then we will be seeking to do that. but...
8: Okay, thank you. Now I'd like to come back to, uh, to Councillor Reeve
0: if if I may, because I, uh, I understand his concern only too well, and it's it summarised for me by comparison of paragraphs 313 and 314 of the um, project initiation document, because the diagram um, features a blue square headed consultant. This is the one that's top left, and yet, looking at the next page, paragraph 314, that consultant has disappeared to be replaced by project manager. As you may remember this is an issue I raised, I think, at the previous meeting. And at that meeting, I queried whether the consultant, becoming a project manager, uh, having previously understood that the council is going to appoint one externally, I was informed that the consultant was, in fact, uh, now the project manager. And the minutes of our previous meeting reflect this in stating that officers confirmed the position was not vacant. Now, it's quite clear to me that it was, well, well, certainly was indeed the intention to appoint an external project manager, certainly insofar as members were concerned, and I'm not alone in that. So it would appear that there's been something of a sea change that members had expected, and they were under the impression that, on the basis of experience, an external project manager was to be appointed. But now, what I'm not clear about is just why members were of the opinion that an external project manager is a necessity. I say that because, having discussed the matter with senior officers, they... And therefore, I are of the opinion that the project manager project management was carried out successfully during the last draft local plan. Individual members may have a different perception, but I have to say that I'm satisfied having discussed the matter with with officers who experienced that project management during the last plan, that the appointment that has been made is the right one and that that will not jeopardize. The preparation of the local plan. Quite the opposite, in fact. I can also confirm that two other existing officers will be assisting in the task, such that there will be backup in terms of officers having a detailed awareness of the elements of the project and the requisite time and commitment to pursue it. Now, one integral aspect of this, which was of particular concern to me, is the ability of whoever whichever officer it is or officers the ability to formulate and implement contingency plans if and when things are not going according to plan for reasons that especially those which are outside our control and i'm confident that the
8: project management of the plan will not now be a concern a cause for
0: concern that's my view Members, and I hope uh, that you'd be willing to share it, but that's a matter for you. What, what's
8: your response to that? What, can you indicate um, if you agree or not? Thumbs up if you agree, thumbs down if you don't. Uh,
1: Chairman, there are quite a lot of blue hands up. So uh, we have uh, councillors Reeve Pavitt,
0: bagnall yes. I can see those. Thank you. Councillor Le Pavic, please. Um, thank you, Chair. I'm not sure if this is a, the right moment
10: at which to raise this, but as Stephen had mentioned his meeting with um, with the Ministry, I, I just wondered if if they had provided any clarification whatsoever as to when the the new regulations and new housing. Uh, numbers and this is what's been referred to as the mutant algorithm um, is actually going to get decided you know what when are we going to know what our housing target is or the one they're at least expecting us to meet
9: um, they did not give a particular timeline um, there will of course be two timelines that we need to keep our eye on one associated with the changes to the planning system changes to the current planning system consultation, which is the one that, which is dealt with later in, in the papers today and indicates the potential housing need uh, for the district of 1,230 odd. Um, and then there is the, the white paper and the, the potential changes there uh, in, where it talks about taking into account constraints and, and, other, and, and other things. And that will, uh, if, they, if it goes through, Amend the figure further, um, but, but to answer the direct question, no, they didn't give us any times. But am I right in
10: understanding that the the figure of 1,230, which would be as a consequence of their uh, standard method methodology route that they propose to go, could be imposed on us anyway, irrespective of whatever happens with the white paper? Yes. But the changes to the current planning system. That's a change. That
9: is a proposed change to the. Uh, yeah, to the way that the, the figures take out, which is in the planning practice guidance and is a separate issue from mm-hmm. the white paper.
10: So w- we, we would potentially have that figure imposed on us, but not an, an option to um, present to the ministry how we can't meet it, which we would have under the new white paper.
9: Well, so we, w- we would still... Um, so in developing the local plan, we would then see if we could. We would have to see if we could meet that target and how, how we met it, and whether it was possible to justify exceptional circumstances as to why we couldn't or shouldn't meet it. Um, but obviously, I, I can't um, I can't predict how, how what that work would say as we've not started it. Yet. Yeah. I mean, uh, although I think, as
10: the gentleman from CPRE mentioned earlier on. Attempting to put 1,230 per annum into Attlesford is nigh on impossible, in my modest opinion. Humble opinion, sorry.
0: It's the reef your hand is... Is it still up or is it up again or...? What was no, well, it, it's up again um, because
3: you, you, you answered my um, question on project management. I'm still digesting your answer. Uh, If I understand you well, you're saying that you've discussed it sufficiently with the officers' team to satisfy yourselves that that it's now sufficiently handled with the resources we have available, if if I've understood you correctly. Um, The the other point, though, that I've – and I'm still digesting that – the other point um, that that was made by uh, uh, Stephen Miles was that The Scrutiny Committee was going to be the one looking at the costings and the time. I dispute that. Surely the role of scrutiny is to uh, examine what is put before them, uh, it having come through here. And therefore, it's our job also to look at those things. uh, Otherwise, I've totally
0: misunderstood the role of scrutiny in an organisation. Let me respond to that by saying yes to the, the first part, your, your first question or comment. Uh, Stephen, can you comment on um, the second one for Councillor Reeves, please?
9: Um, I mean, I, I don't have much more to say other than that was that was my understanding of how the governance structure had been set up. Councillor?
8: Um, um, um,
14: Okay. Mr. Glendale. sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, no just just to back up from, again. What Stephen's saying is that obviously we had clear. Well, I thought we had a clear um, definition of what scrutiny they did and what, they, what this group did. The idea was that they both don't do the same.
8: You've got a different forms. Um, so, and this group is about formulating the policies, and you know, where, what the sites are going to be, and you know, dealing with the housing numbers, etc.,
14: and the project planning bits other things that will be dealt with in the budgetary bits will be the bits that are dealt with by, by scrutiny. Otherwise why would we why would we
0: duplicate things? We'll point points to do different things with different groups. Indeed, indeed. Councillor Reeve, does that not- and your question does it satisfy? Well, it, it, yeah, it answers it. It's not the answer I expected at all, quite honestly, uh, because I, I, my understanding of scrutiny is is that they scrutinise. Period. Okay. Right. Well, that's that's that was your answer, anyway, Councillor Taylor, please.
15: Thank you. Um, can I come back to Councillor Pallet's point um, and also to ha- having listened to the um, comments earlier from um, Mr Richard Haynes, who was representing CPRE, about the housing numbers. Um, surely the, the most significant problem we face is that we have this unreasonable number of 1,230 houses and that there is a, apparently a massively flawed methodology. Um, what I really want to know is what we are doing to uh, to uh, counter this uh, very very difficult proposal. It was suggested by Richard Haynes that we might use the MP, uh, who his comments were that she has not been particularly engaged. In local matters previously, but perhaps we should be trying to get first of all that we some idea as to when we will know what what number of houses we will have to um, deliver, and also whether we can have a very robust um, set of proposals as to why this is totally unreasonable for our um, district.
1: Sorry chairman are these matters that should be dealt with under the
8: item
0: item um, nine yes indeed that's that's part of it one of them is is the response to the ongoing government consultation i don't know if mr miles uh, has any comments to make on the remainder of your your comments as to the extent to which we should for example um liaise um with the mp if that's possible or, or whatever if anything
9: is in the um um the project plan now as to how we're going to manage it mr miles please um so just to remind members at at the moment the the proposals in the government's consultation is just that just a consultation um and, and could be subject to change um following responses from from us and and others the, the current standardised methodology indicates a figure for Uttlesford of just over 700 dwellings per annum, which is still a, a challenging figure for the district, um, but it is worth keeping an eye on on the emerging proposals there. In terms of what we can do about it, we, we can have our say uh, and respond to the consultation uh, as the, the draft response at Agenda Item 9 does. I, I don't have any comments on, on um getting in contact with the MP. Indeed. Thank thank you. Councillor Bagnell,
7: please. Thank you, Chair. I think I lost my connection earlier. Sorry about that. Um, I don't know really how to say this without putting a few noses out of joint, so I think it's best just to say it, which is I disagree with your views on the project manager. So there's no disrespect to anyone here, but the independent... uh, LGA guys uh, called out the need for an independent project manager, specialist project manager. That's exactly what we do need. Um, I'm sure Stephen does a great job, but in my view, we need that big hitter. This is a big program; it will demand a lot of attention. There will be key milestones along the way, uh, and in my in my view, we need to employ a very experienced senior program manager to undertake this task uh, and there's no disrespect Stephen apologies if it comes across that way but um I, I can't say it any other
0: way okay thank you I don't think it's any direct respect uh, disrespect to Stephen because he's not he's not the project manager but this the manager has been appointed
8: on the basis of uh, of experience and ability so I understand
0: and officers have no particular concerns. I hear and understand what you say, councillor. I totally understand that. But as I've said before, I will apologise for saying it, because it's more convenient now and again, we are where we are.
8: Yeah. you are changing, it, like it or not, which is a great shame, because we are here to make an impact, and it seems if that is the way as a group we feel, then we can't make much of want at the moment. That, but that's the circumstance. That's where we find ourselves. Ladies, please.
4: Uh, thank you very much, Chair. I don't want to um, uh, reiterate too much that people said, and, I, and I'm sure God, Gordon will nod along. I just want to clarify the situation, if I may, for Councillor Reeve specifically about the scrutiny. Um, we at the Council have done things a little bit differently this time in that we have scrutiny that's going to be pre rather than post, It's a separate scrutiny that's going to check the local plan is going ahead and working as it should. Sorry, my phone's not on silent. Um, Working as it should. And to duplicate everything, scrutiny is not necessarily there for on this occasion to look at all the decisions that we have made. It's to scrutinise that the local plan is working effectively and well. Scrutiny doesn't look at any decisions that we've made. So they won't be looking post um, they were looking pre and it's going to be adhered to the local plan for that and I think Gordon Glenday made it clear when he said, Hey, we don't want to duplicate and this particular group is going to devise the local plan. We are going to look at housing, planning for health, local spaces, where they're going to go, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And other areas will be looking at the cost. I think that's that's exact, that's right, isn't it Gordon Glenday? Have I made that clear? Yeah. Okay. So I'm happy to talk to it offline
0: if you need. Okay, Councillor
16: Sutton, please. I just wanted to um, endorse what Councillor Bagnall's comments. I think it's um, entirely. um, It's very important for us to uh, bring someone. With a fresh input on this, I really do. I think it's just to add it would just add to the team if we had a complete you know, somebody who's just come in freshly and hasn't had the experience of the last um couple of plans that we've already done. Okay if I could respond to that
0: in part, Councillor. Um the
8: project manager that's been appointed was I believe only involved in
0: and I don't know the extent to which it was the case, but only in the last local plan, nothing to do with the previous one, if that makes any difference to your uh, sentiments whatsoever. Councillor Caton, please. I'm, I'm thinking we're getting bogged down here, Councillor uh, uh, store. I mean, all
11: I will say is, I don't know if you have had the conversation, but I have had a conversation with a, a consultant from the Centre for Public Scrutiny uh, discussing the the local plan and what role the scrutiny should be in our our process. And it, you know, I got the distinct impression that we are here as policymakers, and scrutiny are going to be monitoring the project progress. And I do think we need to be disciplined and actually actually trust scrutiny to do to, to the very important t- t- task of monitoring the project management. And I don't think we should be doing both roles, and I think that we're actually talking ourselves into a, a conflict of interest. In fact. And so, I would just urge people just to stick to our policy making role and let the project manager and scrutiny do the project management monitoring.
0: Thank you, Chair. Uh, Councillor And I have to say I couldn't and wouldn't dis- disagree with that. So, members, what are we going to do with this uh, document? we need to make a recommendation to Cabinet. Are we going to recommend that it be um,
8: approved? But before I do so, Councillor Caton is your hand gone now? Mr. Glenday, what would you like to say on this matter, please? Uh, sorry, Chair. Thank you. Just, just, to, just
14: to come back on a couple of the points, um, Councillor Bagel and Councillor Sutton. Um, Councillor Bagel mentioned about the need for a big hitter and someone with experience. The person we've got in post at the minute has over 40 years experience in planning at all sorts of levels. He's been at director level at a major uh, local authority. He's been involved in project planning, not just local plans, but other significant projects across the council. So I think it's fair to say we've got a big hitter already in the Um I think in terms of the, the issue of council in about a fresh pair of eyes, I can, I can understand that to some extent. I, I, I take that point. However, what I would say is we brought in the uh, Eastern England Peer Review Group as a fresh pair of eyes, and they have gone through the projects and the project plans that we've been developing, and they are fully supportive and they fully agree with the, the, the line that we've taken. So, I just think that you know we I can understand members' request and desire to have an experienced
11: project manager on post, but a bit like you said earlier, Council Stora. I would argue and I would
14: say clearly that we do have not just a very experienced project manager, in course, we've actually got two additional people supporting him in that particular role. And where we need someone who, uh, to, who can push the project along, I've got no doubt whatsoever that, that the person in post course already does that and will continue to do that with, without, you know, fear, you know, without being unreasonable or you know, being overly uh, on the side purely of officers. Um, this, 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 this person will um, call a spade a spade, as we used to
8: say.
14: But I just want to give members that reassurance that we've got a really strong project management team on board. Thank you, Mr Glendy,
16: Councillor Sutton. I just wanted to make the point that we have had two failed plans, and that's why I would like to see um, fresh blood you know, injected into the same people that are dealing with this plan again.
12: Okay, take
16: councillor
12: Evans. Uh, thank you chairman for allowing me just to uh, intervene briefly um, i'd just like to draw to um, the group's attention that the team uh, is actually made up of 12 individuals in fact i mean that's quite a large number of individuals um, employed by direct employed directly by atlas or on secondment from Essex County Council in the case of two offices uh, and in the case of the project manager uh, he is described as a consultant uh, but he is the project manager who has been engaged uh, and he will be speaking to the and addressing the scrutiny committee uh, as to his um, experience and uh, function uh, and as you um, will recall You and I uh, did discuss this very matter um, with him and uh, with uh, uh, Mr. Miles in our regular uh, portfolio and deputy portfolio holders meeting. So I would just like to remind the group that uh, we are looking here not at just one or two or three or four people, but a team of 12. Uh, So uh, I would just like to emphasise that if I uh, can be allowed to do so.
0: Councillor, you already have. Thank you for that, but I must point out it was neither a question nor an answer. So, councillor Leeds, please, please. No, Mr. Glenday, is your hand still up, or would you like to speak again? Um, yeah, thank you, chair. Just, I mean, just to back up a little
14: bit what, what, what Councillor Evans had just said there. Again, coming back to the, 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 the fresh pair of eyes, we've got lots of new members of the team in place already as well. Um, and I think the, to say that the plans failed because of poor project management or, or, or imply that, I think is un, un, unreasonable and unfair and, and not justified. And if there's a justification that can be demonstrated so that was the case, then I'd like to state that. But I'm of the firm view that the previous plan was not withdrawn because of
0: poor project management. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. Indeed, understood. Right. Let's move this on. Let's uh, take a decision, members. We're going to recommend this to cabinet. The question is, how we're going to recommend it? Are we going to recommend that it they run with it, that be accepted, subject to any changes we may wish to make now, or are we going to uh, suggest that it be changed and not be accepted? and change substantially and if so how and why so can i ask uh, for a show of hands then for all those initially that would like to recommend that this document be approved subject to any changes that we can make in the next few minutes
7: one two three four five three sorry chair can i just interject Which document are we talking about? Are we still talking about the project initiation document? Yes. Right. Okay. Thank you.
0: So we have two, three, four. Those who are not in favour of recommending approval, then. Or again it seems to me
8: um i think i think chair, it was five. you count yourself myself petrina lees
10: councillor mike taylor and councillor caton it was five in favor oh right i didn't notice councillor
0: caton i do beg you you know, did uh, I... Uh, I have if... to roll call chair uh,
4: if i may chair um if we have the roll call and then after the before we have the roll call um, can I just ask those against for their what they would like to look at again to bring it back, um, and then we can see because there has to be a there has to be a reason, and the writing has to be incorrect, and there has to be uh, things that they're unsure about for us to say that we would bring it back. So I'll start with Councillor Sutton, who voted against Councillor Sutton.
0: Councillor, is, is this something we should? wait for until we've had the initial vote
4: because and i think that um, it made uh if i may chair um in that if somebody's got a jolly good reason why not i would rethink and then if we've got a jolly good reason so i'll start from the left at councillor sutton councillor Bagnall, Councillor lemon if you could give us your reason why you're voting against it and then we can look and see if we can address that and change the voting
7: i'm not, I'm not sure this is protocol is it
4: well, I think it's a. Fe- this is a working group; it's not a committee, so a working group can work like that. Okay. So, of um, as of it's not a cares.
2: committee, right,
4: no, but as it's not a committee and it's a working group, well, it doesn't. Have to
2: say. Well, I would like um, to
13: say I haven't voted for it because I feel we do need fresh blood and a new uh, manager.
4: Can um, if I'm, I, I'm happy to answer that in the fact that, as you know, um, this isn't the terms of reference for this group and also this group cannot tell the chief executive who to um, hire or fire so it's not in our remit councillor lemon yeah, okay. I go back to my previous statement and say
0: i think this could and should wait until we've had that initial vote and then if it's a vote against we can then we will need to know exactly why? Because it has to be justified. I mean, terms with all due respect to Councillor Lemon, you're not alone in this, I've heard the term before. Fresh blood is a, is a difficult one to, to justify, I would argue. I totally take the point, I understand it. Uh, and Councillor Sutton has said that we failed three times.
8: Well, Twice, yes, we failed twice, yes, but the project manager was not involved in that first failure. So it would be harsh to to blame that and look right across the board.
13: So, can I suggest that we have a role? I'm going to ask. Can I just uh, come in on that? I'm not blaming anybody, it's just that I think the local plan over a long period of time has been a mess. And I think we just need to get fresh people in this time. That's, I'm not saying he hasn't done his job. Of I just feel that the public feel
0: that we need fresh eyes looking at it. I understand, Councillor, but I have to disagree. It's it's basically... I say, If I said not the dumb thing, it sounds as though I'm dismissing it. But it's not practice, it's not good practice to effectively dismiss... Perfectly good officers, better than perfectly good in most instances, just because something's going to write, It's up to us, in our capacity, to mould this plan as best we can, to utilise the officers and whatever information is given to us to enable us to go on to the Cabinet with uh, what is effectively eventually a document that sets out what we consider to be the best plan for the district. Going back to what I said earlier on, and I don't think we can start just changing stuff for the sake of it. It's not as though we're taking the car into the garage and it's not been dealt with to your satisfaction. Something more fundamental than this. Can I add a point there, please? Can I add a point there, please, Chair? Yes, sir. Um, yeah, um, we're, we're talking here
10: specifically about, about Mr. Payne, who, who I have some knowledge of in you know, working with him through the um, what was the Garden Communities Delivery Group. Um, and I got to say, I think he's a very capable individual. Um, and failure of the local plan was not a, a, a matter of, of him or people at that level; it was at a much higher level, you know, a strategic policy level of the of the um, council, it wasn't Mr. Payne or Mr. Mills or whoever, you know, so I think we really need to f- understand that qu- possibly he's an asset because he knows the background, he knows the history of this particular failed local plan and, and knows where the pitfalls are. If we bring somebody completely fresh in, we may have to pull, push them up an extremely steep learning curve um, and lose time from that point of view. So my, my own feeling, while well, I have great sympathy and, and you know, and in, and in business, as I was before, quite often I would take that approach myself, that fresh blood was needed. In this instance, I do actually think that the safer bet is with Mr. Mills. Sorry, Mr. Payne, um, who, you know, who has a huge amount of experience and um, and has got some, some, some progressive thinking about him as well. He, you know, he's, he's got good <laughs> ideas. So I'll leave it there. Thank you, uh, councillor. And I have to say, I don't think this is something that we should be discussing
0: at all in our role as a group, basically. This is not a matter for our group at all to discuss the personnel, quite no. the other. Councillor Light, please. Thank you. Um, yeah, actually, I was... Um, I'm in absolute
5: sympathy with this, uh, this view, and I have to say that the views of the councillors should be accepted and not to say that they have no remit or cannot comment on an issue. It's a democratic right to express views and not attempt to change their views as is happening here. And just that fact will actually make me stick to my views uh, like an absolute limpet, and I will not change my mind. My reason, um, and I shouldn't have to give one, but my reason actually for voting against this is because I don't think it's ready. I haven't seen the changes uh, and therefore I cannot adequately comment on this or say it is ready to go forward. But I do support the view, having lived through the last plan, that yes, there was a lot of, um, let's say that the, the, the politics of it was certainly different, but we also sat through Um, workshop after workshop with uh, many facts being given to us as are being given here today and quite frankly it's too much to go through 145 pages in one evening in detail and give it uh, the the attention and the value with which it should be treated. So I'd like to reiterate my point here that we need to accept the democratically expressed views of the councillors whatever they might be if we like them or dislike them Thank you. Hence, the four
0: items on the agenda, four reports, were on the previous agenda. You didn't say this at the last meeting. Why say it now? I really don't understand that approach at all. I'm talking
5: here about the changes.
0: Head the reports with previous ones, but no. Hence, eleven, please. lemon you've frozen i think i'll co- maybe i'll come back to you Councillor bagnell thanks
7: chair uh yeah i don't think we should be bringing people into this but you asked at the beginning if we can adopt the project initiation document uh, and my view is we can't because um, as i pointed out i'm not sure of the cost i don't think the the detail is there and um, also the um the time frames i've already called out i think we've we push the timeframes out. I accept that they've had a conversation with the government, but the fact is we should have been working to a different time frame. So if you're asking me if I'm satisfied with the document to push it forward to Cabinet, then the answer is no. I think more work needs to be done on it before it goes to Cabinet. If I was a Cabinet, I would be asking those questions. Well, I'm going to put a question to
0: Mr Glendale and Mr Miles now on the basis of that, and it's this. Do you think that the costs, the detail and the time frame? something uh, the detailed time frame I mean by that not the overall end, end date for adoption but the details there's something which this particular group should be dealing with uh,
14: yeah, well, well, as I say I think that, I mean, these sorts of papers could be taking these sorts of things to scrutiny that was the rule for scrutiny Um. I come back to the point i said before i mean why would you have we set, we've set the two groups up deliberately so that one does one thing one does the other if we're going to then duplicate what's done in one group do you then duplicate what's done in the other what if there's a different view from the different groups with this cabinet listening to i mean the whole point i mean when we put the peer review group in part of this was about showing our determination to drive forward the project plan and i'm, I'm hearing things tonight that are slightly concerning in the sense that if we can't agree project initiation documents and things like that, how on earth are we going to agree which sites and which policies we're going to be adopting further down the line? I think we need to get into a discipline of actually making decisions. Indeed,
0: thank you. Councillor Lemon. No, okay, thank you. Right, members. Yeah, sorry, can I come back on that? I think that
7: that goes to the heart of what this group is supposed to be doing. Because if, as Mr Glenday says, if, if that is for the scrutiny, then send it to scrutiny, don't send it here.
0: But for all that we're... It, it's for us, I would say, to have an overview of the document without picking the bones out of it. So on that basis, can we yeah. now go to the vote? I'm going to ask um, Sarah Nicholas... Uh, to take the the vote, please, as to whether or not members are in favour of recommending to Cabinet that this project initiation document be uh, approved, subject to any uh, immediate changes that we might like to to introduce, or uh, be recommended that we we don't uh, pursue it and that it be changed in whatever way we think fit, and I suppose on that basis, as well as going forward to Cabinet with um, a recommendation not to receive it, not to approve it, to send it back to um, the the policy officers to have another look at it on the basis of whatever our reasons might be. So, Sarah, could I trouble you to call the vote, please, for those in favour
1: of... Or in this document. Okay. Uh, so Councillor Bagnall.
7: Not in favour.
1: Councillor Caton?
7: In favour.
1: Cance- uh, Councillor Lees. favour. Councillor Lemon.
13: Sorry, against.
1: Councillor Light. sorry is Councillor Light still with oh yes Councillor Light would you like to vote I'll come back Councillor Pavitt in favour Councillor Reeve you're on mute Councillor Reeve Councillor Reeve, can you unmute and vote again, please?
3: I'm sorry, I couldn't uh, unmute it. I'm going to abstain.
1: Uh, Councillor Sutton?
16: Not in favour.
1: Councillor Taylor? In favour. Uh, so Councillor Light, are you able to vote? Um, so Chairman, Councillor Stora, do you vote on this? So at the moment we are... So including your vote, I think that's five in favour, uh, three against, one abstention, and we haven't heard from Councillor Light. That's
0: right. Thank you. So the motion is carried to recommend this this, to Cabinet that this document be approved. Are there any changes? Um, Given that we, we, we are satisfied with it as a whole, are there any what would be minor changes to be made to the document? I have one, which is why I raised the issue. No? No one has anything? Well, the point I'd like to... Change It might be easier said than done to change it to the document, but perhaps some reference could be made to the fact that in paragraph 13, 313, that structure be changed or some reference made to the fact that um, the project manager is now the third box down that list. Apart from that, this can go forward, at least into far. As I'm concerned, we're we happy with that, members? Councillor Lees? Uh,
4: yes, sir. I just wanted to double check that Councillor Caton's point of who we're going to consult with the SLEP was taken on board by the officers. I'm sure it was, but that wasn't mentioned in the change.
0: Okay, are we happy with that, members? Yeah, okay. Right, thank you. We'll move on move on to the local development scheme. We also considered this at our last meeting. So does anyone have any comments or questions um, before I'm gonna raise an issue with with Mr Miles, although it's a bit retrospective because what I was going to raise the fact that we've we've met the they've met the, the ministry. So members. Local Development Scheme, any thoughts on that document? I'm seeing nothing there, so can I assume, does that mean that people are are happy with it? I'm not seeing any objections. No objections on that basis, then we recommend that that too be approved and and Cabinet be recommended accordingly. Next item, item five, the Statement of Community Involvement, the draft for consultation, and Sarah Nicholas is going to introduce this item to you members.
1: Uh, Thank you, councillors. Again, this came to the last meeting, but um, there wasn't time to discuss it. So, um, the adoption of the Statement of Community Involvement, or SCI, um, and its subsequent... So, the adoption and uh, consultation is a legal requirement. It's then necessary to consult on planning documents in accordance with the SCI for a plan to be found sound. So, an updated SCI is attached for members' consideration... And uh, the officers' report lists the areas of change, and these are shown in the SCI either by underlining or strike through. Members are asked to recommend to cabinet that the SCI is published for consultation. The main changes from uh, when it was before you in August relate to um, taking on board really advice from the East Midlands Local Government Team, uh, which make reference to the white paper and um simplifying the reference to the engagement methods both of which were recommendations of the um, peer review team thank you
0: members any comments or questions that's resounding no Um, on which basis
4: sorry chair Um... It's getting my mod government uh, mod gov at the same time um on if i may quickly on page 69 it says um something about the uttersford oh here you go notice can be found at the following website page and that's been crossed out i'm assuming i just want to double check that we will be having a uttersford district council page of some form that people can um look at because it's been striked out and that nothing's been replaced um while you're answering that i'll scroll down to get to my other question if i may uh,
1: yes so it will be there in fact the word website will be the hyperlink rather than spelling the website address out in full which is a lot
4: easier to read lovely second thank you and secondly my second question is on page 78 there are talks about engagement on planning applications and publicity required says, uh, notice in local newspaper, site notice, council website. The difficulty with Oxford, of course, is that a lot of areas don't receive any form of local paper or the local newspaper. I think here here we in Elston, no, actually, we don't get a local paper. I know C-19 um, has stopped some. And people are looking online. So I just wondered what we're going to put in place uh, for noticing in local newspapers. Are we going to look at something along the lines of going into parish magazines? I can only talk about my own area, but both wards have a parish magazine. And I think that maybe we should think about putting it in those. That's probably the most cost effective way instead of sending it to everybody's house. Um, I'm a little bit concerned that um, it's all done remotely, that was all, and not everybody has access to the internet, et cetera, et cetera. So can we think about something we could add in the publicity required that's not the local newspaper that may be something else? Uh, Can I respond to that,
1: uh, Chair? Certainly. Um, And I think um, I may ask Mr Glenday to come in as well because I'm not... uh, Um, don't normally deal with planning applications um i think this is the um the requirement that for certain applications you have to put an advert in the newspaper right. um so i think it's it's meeting the legal requirement um i think that's where that that refers to so i don't know whether um
4: yeah i i understand it's a legal requirement my concern is that um, lots of people don't have local newspapers so I'm just wondering whether it's too electronically based but I'm sure Gordon has an
14: answer thank you I, I,
8: I can't actually find that
14: bit because I'm, I'm using the um, the website so what, what paragraph number is that we're talking about
6: sorry
4: um, it's table five uh, it was on page 77 uh, uh, 6.4 Right, Once the application is submitted, the council must publicise it, and I I understand the legal requirement and all of that, and I understand that we're ticking the. But I would like to be a little bit more proactive. Right, um, I mean, that that's probably why we do put the site notices up, or asking applicants to put
1: site notices up. I don't think. Um, you know parish magazines don't come out regularly enough and the logistics of doing that for the team would be quite considerable
4: yeah i'm just sorry i'm just asking
1: and also the the sci um you don't want uh it's because it's you know a soundness issue and you know we have to meet it we don't want to put something in there that we may not meet sorry yeah just 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 got that bit now. I think what well, yeah what is saying is
14: correct. Um obviously the separate engagement strategy plus also we're doing some work with the planning committee as well and trying to de- you know, talk about how do we engage better with um the community and we've got a meeting coming up fairly soon with parish councils to talk about those sorts of things in, in its wider context. So we'll pick that up as part of that. But it may be that it's something we put in a bit more detail in the actual engagement strategy element rather than formal statutory SCI just to be on the safe
16: side but we'll we'll have a look at that it's a good point. okay thank you okay so Sutton please yeah I was really just going to say about parish councils but also I don't know if we would be able to put it on fake you know local Facebook pages or you know whether they would allow that I know you'd have to speak to the administration but I mean or what about in through schools could we do anything through you know being getting in touch with the local schools and having them put something in one of their, um, I don't know, one of their pages or something like that. Because I always think if you look like you're trying to, you know, communicate with family with with people like that, I think that's that would be an excellent way of making people feel they were part of something.
0: Sarah, would you like to respond to
1: that? I I think I mean there are our administrative team are under. A huge amount of pressure um, in dealing with planning applications coming in, dealing with responses. I think um, to do something that would be different for every parish would be incredibly difficult. And um, so, it's it's who, who's, whose responsibility is it to do a notice that goes out to schools? If if the if the councillors are willing to do that. But I think to ask uh, the administrative team um, is would that would need to be looked at. I think, as, as Mr. Glenday has said, um, this is being looked at through the planning committee, and I think that's perhaps where the, the way to look at it, and not um, not within the um,
16: SCI. I think maybe just actually, you know. We should take a bit of responsibility for it, the councillors. So it would be quite good to actually go to your councillor and say this is your responsibility to get this information out. I think that would be excellent.
8: Yeah.
14: And, sorry just just very briefly, Chair, just to chip. In. I think I think it's a fair point and you know using I mean, the issue I say hinted, there's an element something around timing. But certainly if we can use social media and ward and parish councils, councillors to get the message across, then that's that's brilliant. Um, I, I know my admin team would kill me for
11: putting any more work on their way. But certainly, if members are prepared to do that, we can certainly work a way of doing that. That's a good idea. OK, thank you. Councillor kate please. Yes, I mean, it's very sad that we should be going through starting this consultation at a time where COVID is starting to restrict our communications. And we're going to have to work very hard to overcome them. And I think the idea that maybe the com section of the district council provide the councillors with uh, some words which we can all put on village Facebook and, uh, and in our own name may well be a way of overcoming, but it will still... Still exclude those who are not digitally uh, literate, uh, and and that that I find extremely disappointing.
0: Thank you.
13: Councillor Lemon, please. Yes, and I agree with Sarah and with Councillor Sutton. I think um, the system works well now. Parish councils get, most parish councils will discuss most planning applications. Uh, the count- uh, district councillors, can inform people. They can put it in their local magazines if the time is right, and I think most of us probably already do that. So I think it's 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 really being done. I think and I would have thought newspapers, district councillors, parish councillors, and the website is 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 enough.
0: Okay. Thank you, members. Councillor Caten, is your hand up again, or is it not going down? No. Okay. Thank you, members. The recommendation is that the, the group considers the updated SCI and recommends to cabinet that the document is published for consultation. Are we happy to to run with that and to make to agree with that recommendation? Yes, that is uh, that is carried then. Thank you very much indeed. And we move on to the next item, which is item seven, issues and options. Let's talk about,
1: which is going to be introduced by Luke Miltz. Sorry, Chairman, I'm. Um, community engagement strategy item six.
0: I'm sorry, I've missed that. Yes, I do beg your pardon. I'm, I'm ahead of myself. This was deferred. Uh, ...from our last meeting, but you were invited members to submit comments to me to pass them to the officers. I didn't receive any, so does this mean that you are all satisfied with the document? Does anyone have any comments upon that? Yes. No. No one seems to do so. Without that, without any dissent or concern, then yes. I think that can be approved as well and recommended um, to cabinet. Now, I mean, Councillor Light has just put her hand up, Chairman. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Right. Okay. Councillor.
5: Right. Thank you. Um, so, just make sure I'm looking at the same. The statement of a community involvement. Um, We've, we've dealt, we're on item um, 6 now, oh, Councillor Light. I'm sorry, I've missed that one, because there was something that I wanted to say on that. See, there are just too many documents, and I'm absolutely getting lost within them. OK. OK, then. Well, back to what is
0: now item 7, issues and options. Let's talk about Mr Mills. is going
17: to present that, I understand. Luke, the floor is yours. Yes, thank you, Chair. Yeah, just to confuse you, Sarah's name is on the report as well, but a few of us were involved in this. Um, So the idea is to split the issues and options consultation into a series of bite-sized themes, um, which together would amount to a much longer than usual consultation period. Um, The community stakeholder forum would be used as a focal point for wider community engagement. That would ensure inclusive coverage, um, can then funnel into an effective discussion. The engagement on each theme will follow the same process. Firstly, the theme will be introduced by a guest speaker as a live-streamed meeting, much like this. Um, The forum will then proceed to discuss any initial thoughts, taking into account a selection of comments and queries that are submitted by viewers. Following the meeting, the speaker's presentation, which will only be a short 5-10 to minute video, and a short infographic or fact sheet uh, will be uploaded together with the meeting recording. This will then initiate a four-week public consultation on that theme, loosely guided by some open-ended questions prepared by officers. When that consultation ends, officers will provide the forum with a summary of the comments, so it can highlight what it considers to be the key points. Officers will then consider how the plan-making process could address those key points, and then present recommendations to the local plan leadership group. The forum will also be represented at that meeting. Finally, the group will suggest how the local plan work should proceed, and officers will update the forum at its next meeting. So with this paper, there are a few enclosures. Enclosure 1 contains the draft terms of reference for the forum, and an indicative list of members. Enclosure 2 is a Gantt chart, showing how this process would play out over a period of 27 weeks. Um, albeit the order of the themes is flexible and could be revised in discussion with the forum or with yourselves. And then Enclosure 3 contains some early thoughts on the material supporting each theme. Uh, This isn't finished at all, um, but we thought it was worth sharing to capture any ideas ideas that uh, you may have at this time. Thank you, Chair. Thank you,
0: uh, Mr Mills. Members, anyone have any comments or questions? The
4: leads, please. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Uh, just to say, uh, Luke, I enjoyed reading this document very much. I thought you'd, the, the, some of the questions that you've put up are very clever in that they don't allow people, if you like, to say, no, we don't want. You've asked specific questions of why do you like to live here? How's your health? What do you like to live I, I'm very impressed with that. Um, I think the thing that we need to emphasise more than anything, and you have mentioned it more than once, is in pages 91, 92, 93, you have constantly mentioned about the use of ward members and parish councils. And I think that we need to emphasise that very much, that particularly with C19 going on, we as ward members in the council have to take a bit more responsibility than usual, maybe, of making sure that information is cascaded down um, even if it and i know this is a bit more work for you and i do apologize for that but it may be that a regular directive needs to go out to ward members saying are you aware of that have you have you told people this and this is something that we all could be writing in our parish magazines to promote the consultation so well done i i was impressed particularly impressed with the line of questioning
0: Thank you Councillor Councillor Caden please Thank you Mr Chairman I
11: mean I've got some kind of reservations about the suggested local representatives it it does seem to me to be over represented by kind of voluntary and interest groups and we seem to have one person allocated to, dis- to represent small business and retailing. Well, I have to say the economy is going to be an in- important aspect of this local plan. Um, and the future of work is going to be uh, a crucial kind of uh, topic to be discussing because we're, you know, if... COVID is generated anything. It has been an increase in working from home, um, with, even with our own staff. Uh, and I, I, I do think we need to be a little bit more kind of adventurous in our title when it says job, jobs, employment and retail. I mean, surely it should be about what, what do you think you're going to be, how you're going to be working, earning a living in 20 years' time, that kind of futuristic uh, view, rather than a kind of traditional, and oh, well, we've got to compartmentalise um, life into economic life and um, home life and leisure. I, I mean, I think it's going to be much more fluid in the future. So I would just like us to be a little bit in in the questions, as uh, Councillor Lees has mentioned, it's got to be very open ended uh, at the moment, and I I, ter- I I understand why it's jobs, employment, and uh, um, and and business, but in, on retail. But I, I do think we need to be we need to be selling uh, this this experience to the widest possible
0: audience. Thank you. Thank you councillor, uh, that's one response, uh, Mr Mills, members any more comments, questions? Have you got your hand up there? No? Mr. Lurie?
3: Yeah, thank you. Um... Catching up on how it was done last time was was something like this done last time, or is this a whole new way of doing business? Because part of me likes it a lot, and um, uh, but the 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 other part of me says, is it going to work? Will we find all the people? You know, get bogged down in the detail, and uh, so what? What What experience do we have in, in this type of approach? Mr.
17: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I personally wasn't involved the last time, but I can um, at least clarify. So, last time around, it would been a more conventional approach. Which is, so, usually what happens within issues and options consultation is there's a single document, usually a very large one, um, that then seeks views on, on the content of that document. Um, that would then be within, okay, I think usually it would be a six-week consultation. Uh, colleagues can correct me if, if need be. Um, but this is, this is a different model that we're we're using here or that we're proposing so we're splitting what would usually be the content of that issues options document effectively we're splitting that into a series of themes to allow people to actually feel a bit more um sort of uh, compelled to engage and and to get into those. I appreciate the point that Councillor Caton was uh, was making there about themes blending into each other, and that is a really important point and something that would be mopped up at the end of of the whole process. Um, But it's thought to be a way to allow people to really get into different themes. Um, Obviously, the the impact that has is it really does extend the consultation period. The programme suggested here is 27 weeks rather than a typical six-week one. But it's the idea is about getting that really uh, sort of rich engagement early on to make sure that all things have been discussed while while all options are on the table and before we then start moving forward to draft local plans. So yeah, it is a new a new approach for us.
3: Okay. Thank you. Am I allowed to uh, come back, uh, chair? Yes, councillor. Yeah. Thank you, because really it was the, um, the the concept of doing each of the themes in series rather than doing some of them in parallel and uh and now, which obviously means that the, the whole thing takes a lot longer uh, doing it that way is, is that because it's going to be the same people doing all of them or uh what what was the logic for doing that rather than trying to be you know to squeeze it up a bit more
17: So I mean, it's yeah, you're right. It's done in series, but it's kind of it's kind of a staggered uh, timetable. So um, before one theme is finished, another one has started. But it's to it's to meet with the two weekly meeting schedule. Then each theme can be discussed separately, and then there's separate consultations that are initiated. So you know, some people might want to engage in every theme. Um, others might want to pick and choose. Um, so yeah, it, it's to facilitate that, but it's rather than completely finishing a theme before starting another that that would obviously take way too long so it's done in this staggered way which does then lead to a meeting schedule of every two weeks
3: right. and then just
17: one one last one then and that's in the in the
3: experience of doing this because because yeah, I repeat I, I like the concept uh, but as a new thing do we have the ability to sort of get some experience from the first couple of these things to then
17: uh, change a bit if it if we find that we need to do that yeah I, th- I I would envisage that being the case that there could be changes I mean it'd be driven by the forum itself so I think it's important to emphasize that once this thing's created it, it has an independent chair and um, he's already been appointed and um, and then the forum itself would make the decisions officers and much more in the background, sort of helping to facilitate until it reaches the point uh, till officers then present recommendations on what to do with the local
8: plan. Um, so yeah, the the idea is there would be that flexibility to kind of see
17: how things are going and and um, sort of change tax slightly, reorder themes, and that kind of thing. Yeah, thank you, councillor Light, please. Thank
0: you.
5: Um, I'm looking at page ninety-three, top of page ninety-three um at point f engagement will be fair and the underneath is written the council will consider responses to the engagement fairly and objectively and decisions will be taken on an understanding of the spread of the local opinion i don't understand what that actually means could you explain that for me please thank you
17: sorry i don't actually have the page numbers in front of me um
1: Oh, right, this, is, uh, this is going. This is going back to the previous item, the agenda item. So this uh, councillor Light has raised an issue from the community engagement strategy.
0: We've moved on councillor. We're not on that.
5: Uh, how am I? How come I'm missing everything? Where are we now?
0: We're on page it's in the nineties of the document. The um, the report. It, we're on the gender item item seven, seven. item seven and I've
5: gone too far
4: back page please because I said if I, I, I may, mr Ch- if I may mr. chair uh, may I suggest as we've moved on um, I'm sure you, I'm sure that um, the officers would be happy to answer your questions offline of the meeting uh, Councillor light as we as we are item seven um, I'll see some nods from the officers here yeah so I'm please. sure I'm sure they
0: can answer any questions that you may have. Okay. Page 106 now. Councillor Reeve, your hand is presumably still up as opposed to again. Councillor Bagnall, please. Uh, Apologies, Chair, because my internet keeps dropping. So uh, sorry
17: for ducking out and ducking back in again. Um, Just a quick question for Mr. Mills. When is this proposed to all start? Yeah, so we're working on starting uh, by the end of October, is, oh, okay. is my understanding. And that will go through to
7: March, Yes, yeah? six months? Uh, yeah. OK, brilliant.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I've got two questions. First one for, uh, for Mr Miles. Um,
8: I've put a question to you in advance of the last meeting of... No, as a consequence of the
0: last meeting, I think, asking um, how the issues and options document, why it would take so long. Can I presume that this, and in particular the Gantt chart, is the answer to that question and the explanation? Yes, you can. Thank you very much indeed. Lastly, a question for Mr Mills. The recommendation is that members feedback their comments on the proposed engagement. Uh, look is that this evening or over the next few
17: days weeks or what uh, well i've seen mainly this evening and um, stephen i don't know if you had any thoughts on when we might need comments by because obviously the, the idea is then we um ramp up organizing and um, everything to go with this engagement program i mean yes we would want comments as, as soon as possible if, if you don't have comments this evening and um
8: I'd say by the end of the week at the latest.
0: Fine, thank you, members. You're happy with that? Well, it doesn't really matter. That's the the date that's been uh, been set for you. So, on we go, thank you eight, which is areas of search and the local plan development strategy. Mr. Mills, over to you once again, please. Yes, thank you. Um,
17: So, a local plan's development strategy needs to make every effort to address the area's objectively assessed needs. It's therefore important that the spatial options are not narrowed down too early, so that all are properly considered, and so the strategy can evolve gradually alongside engagement and evidence gathering. Areas of search were used to inform the development strategy of the withdrawn local plan. However, they are neither compulsory nor universally adopted among planning authorities. The advantage of using areas of search is that they allow the council to be more proactive in identifying sites for development. While it's important to keep an open mind regarding the sites elsewhere, areas of search based on a clear rationale give confidence to landowners within them and make those, think, make those think carefully outside of those areas about how any locational issues can be overcome. The disadvantage of using areas of search is that their appearance on a map can be seen as a predetermined decision on where development will be located clear communication is therefore important to build the understanding that no such decision has been made the proposal is to map areas of search for larger scale developments according to their proximity to known attractors or pull factors as we sometimes call them the idea is to use simple factual information to encourage site promoters to put land forward in better connected areas and to think carefully about whether and how locational issues could be overcome in more remote areas. The role of areas of search is as a tool for generating sites for further consideration. It therefore means they would accompany the call for sites. Clear communication would confirm that no decisions have yet been made on development locations, and that detailed consideration of a site's opportunities and constraints would be reserved for the subsequent site assessment process. The initial separation of site generation and development strategy activities and their subsequent convergence is illustrated in the diagram in the reports. Enclosure 1 – and I don't know if it's possible to put this on the screen – Enclosure 1 includes an indicative example of how the areas could be mapped. Most of the highlighted areas represent existing attractors, although a planned rapid transit route has been indicated to the north of the district. This refers to the Cambridge South East Transport Project, which will require Secretary of State approval and would be completed late in 2024 at the earliest. Um, So I'd leave it there and um, happy to answer any questions. And yeah, as I say, it would be helpful if um, I don't know if Hayley's able to share the screen or um, whoever's hosting.
6: I'll try.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Mr Mills. Members, any thoughts, comments, questions? Councillor Light.
5: Thank you, Chair. Yeah, I have concerns about this, um, about the areas of search. I actually disagree with the premise because it seems to be uh, developer-led, as it was before, um, and I think it should be absolutely resident led rather than developer led so developers coming forward as before with their fields or their options on fields, uh, etc, and sites. I would also suggest that um, in view of the white paper where zones are supposed to be uh, drawn sort of district wide, um, the area is zoned, that it might be an opportunity to actually for members uh, together with residents to look at the district and to identify where um, potential building would be the most viable rather than waiting for developers to come forward with their pet projects and millions of
0: pounds waiting in the wings. Is that what you just said? Does that reflect what you opened up my saying which was um, search should be Resident Lake. How would that be done in practice? Because res- I'll tell you what residents are going to say. They're going to say, "Don't put it near me." And on that basis, the majority of residents, if you if they effectively have a, a vote on it, the development will go elsewhere. It should be more to it than that that would be my suggestion that would be my response to what you say do you have any any thoughts comments on on that
5: yeah, what i was uh, suggesting that it's an opportunity to actually look at the uh, district in view uh let's make an assumption that part, part of the white paper would go ahead we don't know yet or, or it might be withdrawn who knows um but to actually look at uh Utlesford, and to identify with residents what might be the most appropriate areas, or where the most appropriate areas would be, so that uh, not only for development but also for the uh, oh goodness um, for uh, nature, etc., for the three types of zoning. Um, I, I do think I'm reading it. It seems to me it comes across to me that the it is still developer. Would be developer-led, as in developers coming forward and saying, "Here's a nice site. Fancy this one? We can build a thousand here, for example." And we're, we're back to, to to the way things were done before. So that's my concern, and uh, I would say that actually we should be working closer with residents and, and with members, uh, potentially to identify, said, so the zones, but certainly to be looking at um, in in light of the local plan where
0: development could be um viable mr mills you have your hand up is it in
17: response to Council Light's suggestion uh, yeah it's just if it's help- helpful for members um so completely understand what you're saying there and, and that makes perfect sense so so this is really not intended um, and this is of course the disadvantage i mentioned about using areas of search um is you know it can be conceived as actually developing a strategy for where where development ought to happen The idea is here that this is actually just a way to um, accompany the call for sites, which is only one source of sites. Um, Sites could come forward elsewhere, so it it doesn't have to be just developers. Um, It's it's to accompany the call for sites to ensure that um, people are sort of compelled to submit sites in those
8: areas that we know are better connected than others. It's not to close the door on other areas if they can
17: sort of find ways to to overcome their accessibility issues. the completely separately to this, and that's what I tried to illustrate in the diagram, uh, perhaps it wasn't clear, is completely separate through this engagement strategy that we've just talked about, or the engagement programme rather, that we just described. We would over time, and it would be at the moment, the, it'd be the I think final theme, uh, once we've discussed all the other themes, we'd then get on to new places and communities and discussing the spatial strategy. So that would all be a conversation with residents as to what they want to see. Come forward. So, in the meantime, the call for sites would run along in tandem, and it's just a way to make sure that um, this area, these areas of search, would ensure that sites come forward in those better-connected areas for later consideration. But that later consideration will be taking into account all the comments that we've um, engaged with over that issues and options consultation. Thank you, councillor Sutton, please.
16: You're mute, councillor. Still. Sorry. No. I mean, I don't. Perhaps I've got it wrong. But why can't we just have a a general call for sites? And I mean, something might come up that nobody else has thought of. I mean, obviously, we're going to, uh, you know, go for the for the obvious ends of the debate. You know the ones that link mainly into London, the ones that go out towards Cambridge. But I actually think that, in some ways, to just have a general call for sites—I mean, if you if you don't think that they're appropriate, you can always say no to them before you actually start homing in on specific areas. Somehow, that just—maybe I've got it totally wrong—but that's how I look at it as being the fairest um and and the easiest way of doing things. Is that not
17: Luke? Uh- I mean, legitimate. Yeah, you, you're quite right. So um, this, um, as I stated, it, it's not actually always done areas of search. So there are plenty of councils that won't use areas of search at all. And we'll just do a call for sites, just an open question. Has anyone got sites that they like considered? And then, of course, they'd be assessed at that later stage. And um, it's it's really is this approach of using areas of search which is up for consideration uh, at this meeting and um, so if, if you wanted us to use them we'd go away and we'd prepare an actual final plan for you to to look at but um it is a completely open question to, to the group today as to you know whether you think there should be a role for areas of search and uh, if we were to use them to use them in this way but it could just be an open question with no map with areas I think I think I would like to see the start
16: of just calling for sites and, as I say, see what turns up. And, yes, of course, there is there are going to be uh, the places that you consider you've got to look at for all the reasons there. But I just think somehow that seems a, a, you know, a better way to go forward. And that's, that's just my opinion.
9: If, if I could just add, add something here as well, please, Chair, um, which is just to explain a little bit about why we've, we're looking at areas of search Uh, or as a a potential area of search um, option. Uh, As Luke and Councillor Sutton say, it's not something that we necessarily have to do. The the idea of of proposing this approach is is so that it is less, the local plan is less developer-led. By allowing the council to indicate areas where it considers that development would be more sustainable, that allows the council to influence developer submissions either, either as, as Luke said, by uh, influencing them to go for the more, what the council considers to be the more sustainable locations, or for those developers outside of those locations to think about how they could address the sustainability issues.
8: Now, that's not to say that we have to do it. It's just one proposal, and it's not to say that the areas of search map before you today is, is the locations we should go for. We, we, we,
9: um, we welcome any other ideas or, or ideas not to, not to go down this route at all. Thank you very much. Councillor Caden, please. Thank you,
11: Mr. Chairman. I'm I'm ambivalent about areas of search because there are pluses and minuses about it. And, I mean, this map doesn't actually indicate where there are areas of constraint like the Green Belt. And therefore, do you... Actually, raise people's hopes that uh, that we'll have a radical restructuring of the areas that we currently protect. Um, the other issue is that at what stage do we look at it from a settlement hierarchy point of view? You know, there are there, we've got, according to the inspector, to, uh or inspectors to be looking for. Smaller, medium sites in the in the short term, and there are, you know, it's a question of whether there are villages that could accommodate some, some houses to pr- protect their existing services, because we cannot continue to expect village pubs and village shops to survive without actually having. Larger markets, so I, I'm just wondering when we are going to be looking at the, the settlement hierarchy. Because uh, when we did it in the last local plan, we completely kind of uh, underestimated the the impact it would have on IPA like, villages. I think we most probably need to be much more upfront with the uh, villages that.
0: Most people don't take their fair share. Yeah, thank you. Councillor Reeve, please. Yes, thank you. Uh, on the map that's here, there was a sort
8: of an, an amber or a sort of brownish colour in various places, but also along the
3: um, A120 uh, corridor. What's the, what was the significance of that? Yeah, sure. Um, Sorry, that's not the clearest from the key um, because it's brown on a grey background. (laughs) Um, So what they are,
17: that's um, proximity to motorway junctions or strategic road network rather. So that's why you've got it sort of up at the top there around the M11 junctions and then down the bottom along the A120. So they're actually, if you you look really closely, you would have to look really closely. You'd see they're kind of separate circles coming from each junction around three kilometers radius i think so it's just to show proximity to the strategic road network or access to it thank you or access quite right so it doesn't follow along the m11 because there aren't junctions along there for the most part thank you no, i i understood that
8: but
3: there there but there are indeed many more along the, uh, the A120, which is why you've presumably done it that way. Um, okay. As a, um, a rider, what I was, I was really wanting to say was that, that personally, I think I'd be in favour of a, of a totally open uh, request for sites. Uh, on, I, I, I do accept that that means more work in the screen than that and, and and sort of... Uh, Assessing the ones that are submitted, but where I feel a bit uncomfortable at the moment is that uh, if we would use this map or as it is, I would feel a bit uncomfortable with that. Basically, because um, I, for one, haven't thought about it yet, and and had you know my sort of uh, ideas and inputs into that. And as soon as you start, then it would start becoming a self-fulfilling uh, um,
8: exercise so that that's really my only concern and, and i was wondering uh, and i think i'd probably have less of a problem
3: doing this if we would have some sort of workshop or i don't I, and i really don't know how we do it in this covid situation that we're in but sort of uh, get this group or to you know spend an afternoon looking over the map of Uttlesford and uh, and bouncing things around between each other uh, because that that Sort of fundamental start we haven't really had yet, and and I
0: for one am missing it. Okay,
13: thank you. Councillor Lemon, please. Thank you, Chair. Just a couple of things. Um, A joint search, residents and developers. What about
8: business? Do we approach businesses in our area? I don't think,
13: whether we have done in the past, I don't know. The businesses are the big, uh, play a big economic um, role in our area, and they should be very important people to consult. Um, the other thing is, I did agree, um, I think it was Councillor Kate said I think on these maps the metropolitan greenbelt should be... Um, Shown so that people know where it is. Lots of people have no idea where the metropolitan green belt is. Thank
0: you, chair. Thank you, Councillor Taylor.
8: Please.
0: Thank you.
15: Um, can I just say that I feel the. Councillor um... Lemon,
8: please. The process outlined by Luke and Stephen seems to me
15: to be it's, absolutely appropriate things, um, because we've got service, residents and to consider all the other aspects of heritage, history, environment, business, and as we've businesses before, sustainability, and what
6: have I can hear three or four people talking.
17: I think I can help you there because I had the same problem. Yeah, there's um, a delay going on at the moment. If we could all wait for a second and see if. You yeah, know. I think it's um, Councillor Taylor. You, you've probably done what I did earlier, which is you've got the recording playing in the background on the website. Um, so I had to pause it. So you close that window, and then it solved the problem for me.
4: I don't think um, members have the possibility for uh, recording, Luke. I think it's.
17: I had um. I well, actually. I had well, a separate well, window well, open with well, the well, meeting, well, and then it was automatically well, playing the meeting, So it's slightly well, delayed. Well, so I had to close well, well, it. outlined by Luke and
8: Stephen. Seems to me to be absolutely. absolutely perfect, perfect. Because
0: we have options for us, presidents and
8: developers,
0: to consider all the requirements on I'm sad to say. That's overcoming. That. that was when
10: Mike muted himself. It instantly stopped. I know,
0: I know but it leaves us with a the problem then as to how you can... Uh, rejoining with the ability to speak on your own as it were without whatever's else is coming through to us is there anything you can turn off you think that might be interfering with whatever's going on because it's not it's not possible it wasn't possible for us to to hear you clearly at all then
16: this has a sorry chair this happened before with another Zoom, and they they sort of went out and came back in, and we got rid of that that noise. That that might have to happen.
17: Okay. Yeah, so I just as I say, I don't know if it got lost because it was all quite noisy. But um, I did have the same issue earlier, and it's because I had the the meeting opened in uh, my internet browser, um, and it automatically plays the meeting, uh, and it's obviously slightly delayed. So I was hearing the same sort of thing. Uh, so I had to just close that window. So hopefully that's what Councillor Taylor would be able to do too, if that is the problem. Councillor,
0: okay, so are you able to close the w- any window that
17: relevant window that might be open, or is it? will rest- be the window with the agenda and everything. Leave so so the they meeting. Need to come back to us.
0: I've lost him now. So maybe he's, he's obviously left. Is Councillor Sutton, please?
16: The only other thing that I wanted to add about areas of search is that if we do that we possibly will end up straight away back with the areas that we looked at last time and I just think that doing it just opening up completely um, gives the opportunity to look that you're actually looking you know properly at not properly at it but you know you're really sort of giving it the opportunity of looking at all of the areas if. Do you, if that makes sense to you do, you. do you understand what I mean? Yes, yes.
0: Thank you. Hayley, can we admit Councillor Taylor, please? Councillor Light,
5: please. Thank you. Um, I was just wondering here about how these call for science, um is actually going to um, work together with a vision. Um, and I have to say that I mean, that's, that's quite an important point for me because just sort of calling quite randomly you know, doesn't mean that it fits within an overall vision, which we should have for the district. Um, a couple of other points I'd just like to raise that we should be thinking about um, is around food security and resilience. So we need to be very careful of um, encouraging farmers to... Uh, give their, put forward their farms for example and of course protecting uh, environment biodiversity and the climate change targets um, and also providing the services for people so there, I think there are a lot of issues there that you could potentially put under sort of you know environmental and green if, if you so wanted to um, but i think so particularly this issue of, of, around what we might how we might protect our natural heritage better, and that does include agriculture because I think certainly uh, we, we, will, we have noticed uh, through COVID how food uh, resilience and security is actually become, could become quite a critical issue. So uh, these are things that I would like to see uh, sort of brought in. Um, and made very explicit so that really throughout the local plan this is all shouting at us um, and certainly to incorporate all this within a vision so how difficult question I, I'm aware Luke but uh, how would you see that
17: uh, working yeah absolutely um, really good point So, us the, the, the vision would actually be developed outside of this so the areas of search would just accompany the call for sites, and that would be quite a um, sort of a, a dry process. You know, there is no vision at that point; there is no suggestion of where development ought to take place. Separate to that, sort of at the same time that the call for sites is running, um, we'll have this engagement program that was the previous item, um, and it will be towards the end of that. So, once we've gone through all the themes, and um, we get into the final one about creating new places and new communities, and and um, sort of the different spatial options and that's where um we start to have those discussions with the wider community um, and i know the point was made earlier about businesses as well absolutely include businesses um, and it would be to to discuss where people think you know what what is the vision what is it we're trying to achieve and, and where might development uh, be best placed and um, just to say as well it's really i really understand the point that's been raised a few times here about constraints being mapped on there as well and that is something that we had thought of um, and that was the initial idea in fact was to start with these kind of areas that you've seen before you and then kind of chip away at those with some of the kind of more fundamental uh, constraints so things like flood zones and uh, sites of special scientific interest um However, it was felt it, you know this could send the wrong message that we're getting perhaps a bit too specific about where development ought to take place um, a bit too early, and the idea is that it's supposed to be this kind of um, you know very uh, sort of standing back and saying we're going to develop the vision later, but this is just something to try and encourage people to bring forward sites in the in the best connected areas, so we have them to consider at the next stage, and it will be at that next stage that we'd start to apply all of those detailed um, constraints and, and do those assessments.
5: Thanks for the answer, uh, Luca. I'll just come back, if I may. Um, I do think that if you have an overall vision, you if there is an overall vision uh, to start with, then um, it becomes also easier for people who are putting forward their sites We'll be thinking and uh, you said about location you know accessibility but if there are then a series of other um, constraints that we want to see and I think that makes it a lot easier people be working within a vision and trying to create that vision together rather than just saying here's a site and here's another one you see what I mean so I would like to firstly would like to see that
9: uh, incorporated already at this early stage thank you oh, yes. can I just have a here Sorry, Chair, can I just add a little bit on on the vision as well? Um, Luke has set out the the thinking there,
17: but um, what I'd also like to add is that by by looking at the development, potential development strategies and the vision towards the end of the issues and this kind of long 27-week engagement
9: process, that allows us to look back at what what all the engagement has, has led to. So what everyone said on all the different themes, that allows us to inform the, the vision and, and the potential strategy for the plan. We also, at that point, need to have the, the sites that we're looking at uh, in order to, to develop the local plan. So it, it's kind of a timing issue. We need the sites by the end of the uh, issues and options engagement so that we can look at developing a plan but we don't want to develop the vision too early in the process because we want to listen to what the public have to say so that that can inform our thinking on the vision. So that's why the sequencing is as it is. Just to add that little bit of explanation.
8: Thanks,
5: uh, Stephen. So it's a co-creation process, is what you're saying? Yes, that's right. Thank you. Councillor Taylor,
15: please, if I can... Yes, there you are. Councillor. Welcome back. No, I hope it, I hope you can hear me without fifteen other people speaking at the same time. Can yeah. I just say, um, I absolutely concur with what Councillor Light has just said. I was attempting to say the same thing that I hope that it will be part of the call for sites. Just randomly seems to be to be almost counterproductive. But if it can be part of a parallel formation um, of creative vision with uh, perhaps visions. F- sorts of visions for different parts of our um district um can I just add one? so i absolutely agree and i'm also very encouraged by what i've heard from luke and stephen it seems to be a very sensible process can i also just mention we ha- we are lucky for instance from Texas, where we have a neighborhood plan and can we also use that as part of our local engagement and um and perhaps add to the Let Plan and use it because it is actually a truly democratic process for what we already have for what local people want. Okay, thank you. Councillor Bagnall, please.
7: Thanks, Chair. Uh, I was going to say so, Luke, you mentioned about not putting too much on there because it might be restrictive. So I was going to talk about. Uh, Perhaps we need to put on there the black spots in terms of the M11 or A120, any bottlenecks that we get so people can understand that. But I was going to ask you as well to to put on the schools and the health facilities so that people can see where they are. Um, But I agree with what you were saying and also agree with Stephen, what he was saying about how it fits with the vision and how the, the two need to come together. So it sort of supports the point that Councillor Sutton and Reed were making about a general call for sites. So how would, how would that work now? So are we, are we actually saying a general call or are we looking at something different? Because it seems to me that we shouldn't, going back to the, the nice phrase, nothing should be off the table because nothing's actually on the table yet.
17: Yes. So that's the um, the proposal is, um, yeah, very much fits with that. So it, it's designed to not get too detailed and too prescriptive about where development ought to or, or not to uh, take place. Um, but it's just designed to give, I suppose, go a little bit, have a little bit more um, intervention than if we just had a, a an open call for sites with no map guiding it and um, it's just to highlight some of those those main things like main towns and you know the things that are listed on the map just to encourage those that are in the better connected areas to bring land forward so we have them available and um, when the time comes for us once we've developed that vision through that separate engagement program uh, we've then got the sites available to Consider um, to shape in accordance with what's come out of that engagement exercise. Surely, surely the argument
7: should be an an open call for sites. You've got your map, so you can see the ones that are in those locations that would you could instantly assess anyway. But surely, it must be an open call for sites because you don't know what other opportunities might come up. It is absolutely open. Yes. Exactly right. So it's, it's
17: not to say that those area, um, sites in areas outside of those um, coloured blobs shouldn't be considered. They they absolutely could be considered. They'll get assessed at the next stage. But what it might point out is that if someone's bringing forward a site that's in a more remote area, they probably need to think about, are they going to put in a big piece of infrastructure to connect to something? Are they going to make sure there are plenty of different uses because they're remote from uh, main service centres and that kind of thing? Um, it's more kind of a prompt for thinking, I'd say. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely right. It's an open call for sites.
8: Okay.
17: I'd be
0: dubious about accepting anything instantly if it's put forward. We'd, we'd need to give it some serious consideration. Councillor Lees, please. Sorry to keep you waiting.
4: No, don't apologise. Um, the great thing about going after people is other people have said what you're going to say. Um, but I would like to say that I agree with the call for sites, but this is going along tandem with the call for sites. Um, we didn't do an area of search last time, we just did a call for sites. Which I think is a bit more developer led in that anybody that's got land available to build, they put it forward. I think if we do um, an area of search ourselves as well and identify that, because no decisions have been made. And I think also I I absolutely agree with Councillor Caton about looking at villages that need to carry on living, if that would be a term for it, Councillor Caton, wouldn't it? Villages that need to keep on living. Um, We could identify those as well. Um, and I think that if we do that as an area of search, there may be potentially people that will come forward that wouldn't come forward in an area of site, uh, just a call for site, because the call for site is developer led. I mean, last time and the time before that, um, sites came forward and they came forward again. They'd been rejected, but they'd came forward again. They were rejected again. They came forward. And they came forward because options have been taken on that land and people want to make money from it. So I think we're missing a trick if we don't say that we've looked at certain areas of search that we consider may potentially be a good place. We're not saying it is a good place, but it could mean that landowners or villages or all of those things could have another look and say, yes, do you know what? They've identified that. We do need to keep our village living, as Councillor Caton said. I'll put those words in your mouth, but we'll take those, shall we? Um, so I think just a simple call for sites and nothing else, I think, will limit us to people that want to just put their sites forward. So I absolutely agree with the recommendation that we should be doing areas of search in tandem with the call for sites, because it's, it's just an extra. It's not an and or. And I also think that thank you very much, Stephen, for explaining very clearly how the vision will work. And there is absolutely no reason why we should be having a vision at this moment of what we want, because we haven't consulted everybody and we need to consult everybody for those 27 weeks before we before we tell the residents what we think they should have.
0: Thank you, Councillor. Councillor Chelly, your hand is still up. Do you wish to speak again or is it still up from before? So, Taylor, can you hear me? No, my hands up by
15: mistake. I'll take it down. Not sorry, thank you. I have a, a, a question
0: for the officers, if if I may. The, it sounds almost contradictory, but the the sites, the areas of search are, are quite specific, but they would be they could change quite dramatically. If the, uh, say the distance, the accepted distance from railway stations was to change, was to double, say, what do officers think about the scope there might be for doing things like that, just to see what the outcome is?
17: Yeah, so um, the generally speaking, the. Uh, the areas are done on a two-kilometre radius, and that comes from a study about walkability. So that's sort of the maximum distance that people would be willing to walk. Um, so, I mean, it's, it, the whole point is we're, we're trying to say we're not specifying exactly where development ought to come forward. And, you know, it is open for sites to come forward outside. But I think all we could do is be clear about what the assumption is that's being used. Um, so, yeah, that's simply where it comes from. It, it's a two-kilometre radius uh, based on walkability.
0: So if you were keen enough to to ride a a bicycle, that would increase, presumably, or depending if it was a November morning and the wind's blowing and it's raining and whatnot. But likewise, buses could, if you're on a bus route, that is, uh, which is a reasonable one, I won't define reasonable, but if one gives you ready access to the station, that might become quite attractive then, perhaps. So what I'm
17: what I'm asking is there might be certain other factors that could perhaps vary these uh, areas of church perhaps quite dramatically Absolutely right, and so there's no right answer as to how they ought to be drawn um, but as I said I think the, the approach is to, um, and obviously it would have been helped if I'd laid it out perhaps but you know it, in publishing the, um, the map it would be made clear that it's done on a two kilometre walkability radius um, so I think it's as I say, in the context of the map is a prompt for thinking and for people to think about um, whether they bring a site forward within those areas or if they're more distant from them, how they might address it. If they know they're more distant from it based on walkability, they might then consider, well, actually, I've got a site that can include a good level of services in walkable distance and then we could make sure there's good bus and cycle links to that attractor in question. And they might go about it that way. Um, so, yeah, it's there's no right answer but that it was just the idea would be to be kind of open about what the assumptions are just as that prompts the thinking okay thank you so the question summary the purpose of this paper is to seek views on the use of areas of search
0: what do we think members who is in favor of pursuing areas of search Sorry, chair.
7: There's still a question, couple of questions outstanding. Sorry, Councillor Bagner. And Pabot. I think Councillor Pabot wanted to speak as well. True.
0: True. Yes. So, so are you? I'm handing over to Councillor Pabot. Then, forgive me, Councillor, if I miss I didn't notice your, your blue hand up there. Thank you. I I, I I'm conscious of not wanting to ex, sort of extend this
10: discussion unduly because we're you know we need to make a decision on this document but ju-
8: just as a as a passing observation i i never cease to be puzzled
10: as to how we get pushed towards deciding where we put houses and then wonder whether people are going to have occupations and employment and it always strikes me that it should be the other way around yes you know? and i'd be interested to hear from in due course from from councillor reeve on his economics portfolio as to, as to what the vision is for for Employment in our and for economic development, because that should, in in theory, that should be driving the allocation of housing rather than the other way around.
7: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chair, would you like me to say something? If Sorry, you, can I ask first, Councilor Reid, before you respond? Chair, can I just say I I think. The the map is going to complicate matters. I think the problem is what we're doing is we're restricting ourselves and the map even though you're not intending it to be restrictive, it comes across as restrictive. So would it not be simpler just to do the general call for sites and then use
8: the map you're you're telling people don't bother responding unless you're in in this two kilometre zone. Uh, and I think that's wrong. I think it's the wrong approach. I think because
0: there are opportunities out there with the right infrastructure that we will miss. Well, I'll, that's I'll, all on. I'll I'll question that. Would Would it be better then? I take your point about the the limited area. Would it be better
8: to um, extend the areas of search
0: um, along? roads near a railway station where where there is an existing bus service or scope for one so that so you have an opportunity to travel within by sustainable means within a reasonable period of time to that particular station for example that could change the picture significantly rightly or wrongly I'm not saying for the better but it would change it what would your reaction to that be? Sorry, chair. Is that a question to me? Yes, but not feel obliged to answer it. Um... Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. I, I, I think I think what we're doing is we're
7: looking at the same old places. So we need to think wider and out of the box. If we've got to come up with something, we need to be a little, be a little bit more visionary. Uh, and I think we are we are in danger of looking at the same old things for the same old reasons and missing the opportunities, that's all. I think I think there are opportunities out there that we don't yet know, uh, and I don't think the map will help us find them. Can I, can
13: I just come in? If we go on stations, the development's going to be all over one side of the, the district. I don't think we should... Uh,
0: stations are important, but I don't think we should concentrate just on stations. Well, for stations, you can also re- route trunk road junctions. Then,
8: for example, councillor, I've just given an example
0: of ready access to, if I said, sustainable means of transport. That implies buses on on the A120, for example, doesn't it? Which may or may not be the case, but
8: yes, I understand the point. Mr Mills, would you like to respond to that
17: please? Your your hand is up. Yeah, thank you. Um completely understand where Councillor Bagnall uh coming from with that. So obviously the it is that that difficulty and um the idea is that these this wouldn't be a map saying this is where development is going to be considered and where it won't be considered. Um, however, I appreciate what you're saying, that you know, no matter how much we say that, there's still a map that then shows areas within a highlighted area and those outside. Um, you know, we would want to be in a position to be able to consider sites outside of those. Um, it's just being used as a prompt for, for developers to consider. I mean, one alternative to um, publishing it at the time of the call for sites might be to um, just use it alongside other information which we would do anyway uh, when we reach the point of discussing the vision and development strategy through the engagement process so obviously we would be highlighting things like uh, the station's main towns that kind of thing but at the same time some of the main constraints as well to prompt that thinking and um, I mean there's as I say there's no right answer here and that is the main disadvantage of using areas of search is that it can be Seen as a preconceived idea as to where development wants to go is absolutely not the intention, um, and hopefully that's been made clear this evening. Um, I, I but, appreciate that, Luke, yeah. but um, I think you you said something there which was quite key, which is it's not
7: it's not just developers though. It's the, the real key is it's other landowners
8: that may come forward, and if it's only going to be developers that come
2: forward. Uh, We've lost you. the same problems that we've had over the last 10 years over the next 20 and 30 years, so we do
7: need to think differently. We've lost you, Kevin. I'm just saying that we do need to think differently. We just use developers putting their land forward, then it will be the same stuff that we've had in the last 10 years over the next 30 years.
0: So, just widen your right. (laughs) I'm sure no one else can either. So, Council Light, please.
5: Yeah, thank you. I managed to get a couple of words of that, but unfortunately not a lot. But um, I think that's absolutely right, is that we need to rethink, and uh, Council Pavet as well raised this thing around uh, businesses, that um, if we come away from thinking that people in the next 20 years are going to continue commuting into London, we need to rethink this, yeah. because um, which means also rethinking the roads uh, that they have to be close to roads, etc. I think the concept, uh, for example, amongst new concepts of the fifteen-minute city is quite is a good one because then that uh, within fifteen minutes walk one five you would find your school your shops your pharmacies etc etc all your community work so so we we start to create some bubbles to use the uh, the popular word um that can then be linked um but we need to come away as said from this uh, idea of we have to be close to the tracy because why are we all going to continue commuting to london or to cambridge i don't think so um there's home working etc etc so they're going to be a businesses are going to look quite different and work employment will look quite different and if we do repeat the same things as i think um council Bacton was trying to say then we we will get the same results keep doing the same things you get the same results and we do need to think ha- have a fresh think about how we're going to go about calling uh, doing areas um, of search etc and that's in a way i suppose is why if we start with some clear vision and then the detail can be co-created with residents but whatever that is so uh, i would suggest that we uh, perhaps put some more thought into this and give gives some more detail to the areas of search um as a document and give it a little more detail with what everything that we've been saying today would be my proposal
0: i hear what you say i'm going to ask um, Mr Miles to come on to that but not just yet because uh, I've been remiss I missed the opportunity beforehand um, I knew it was there but uh, say, forgot it at the time we've been meeting for two and three quarter hours we've yet to go on to the item which has to be dealt with tonight anyway so members are we happy to continue on the basis that we are hopefully very nearly there. Yes, thank you, Stephen. you 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 wanted to
8: speak. Yes, so just to um, hopefully assist members um, and and the points
9: that Councillor Bagnall and uh, Light were, were making. So, in, in addition to thinking about whether we should use the areas of search approach at all to to support the the call for sites. There's also another way of thinking about it, another potential question, is the areas of search which officers have put before you in this map, are are they the right areas of search? So we could still have the areas of search approach, but but look at um, different criteria, different areas. Um, So that might be a different way of thinking about it. Indeed, indeed. Councillor
0: Pavley, is your hand still up or up again? Apologies, I must take it down. Okay, dr to Councillor Lees, please.
4: Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I'd just like to answer Councillor Bagner's point about we mustn't do the same thing again. Well, the same thing we did last time was we just did a call for sites. That's exactly what happened. Uh, we did a call for sites, nothing else. Sites come forward, we pick... They, the, the sites were picked that they thought. So if we're going to do it differently, I don't think a call for a call for sites um would um, would be doing exactly the same. So I think we do need to look at it a bit differently next this time. Um, so doing not just the call for sites. Uh, as I said earlier, I think an areas for search gives people indication that should come. If I go to Councillor Pavitt's point about economics and stuff, not and stuff, I don't mean to say it like that. That's an excellent point. And those are the sorts of things that we will certainly be looking at when the sites and stuff have been coming forward, I I would suggest, if I may. I may also, um, if I may also say, uh, Stephen uh, jumped me at the gun, Uh, going back to Councillor Reeve's point of having a little workshop. um, I think that's an excellent idea of having a a pre-meeting, if you like, a little talking workshop. That we can bounce off ideas and ask the questions that uh, we're maybe unsure or we're not sure of asking, but a workshop of bouncing ideas on the area of search—have we got them right? I think is an excellent one, and I still consider that we should definitely do the areas of search and the call for sites in tandem, because I feel that last time the call for sites just gave us what the
0: developers offered.
8: Perfect, please,
0: I, I. I must agree with you on that. Stephen, you wanted to
9: comment. Uh, I did. I just wanted to, um, to correct something that Councillor Lee said there. S- sorry, but... No,
17: please, please.
9: I think we did actually use areas of search last time.
4: Um, oh, did you... Oh, I apologise
9: then. But, but it, it was different areas of search. So the areas of search that have been put, proposed to you today are not the same as areas of search. Before, okay. before it was um, going to a much smaller scale around lots of little villages as, as well
4: sorry i did i do recollect
7: that now i do apologize the thank you chair i've had to go to my backup device um this is a perfect example of um how things are promised and then not delivered this internet in the rural location is awful um so the point i was trying to make was and apologies if you didn't quite get it was it's important that it's not just
0: developer sites that we get. Yes, you're going to get it. But we got that message. I did anyway, and I can't hear. It. <coughs> so that's fine, I agree entirely with that. Councillor
3: Reeve, please. Thank you. I'm, I'm getting slightly confused, and I, I know I do get confused. Uh, the difference between the areas for search and the calls for sites, because I'm hearing now that we do them both in parallel. So, is the so to the public or the the community, are we going out saying, sort of, with a general call for sites, and then the areas for search is an overlay that we as a team put on top of that, or does the uh, uh, area uh, search? Also get sent out. I'm getting, okay. I'm getting confused because I, yep. I would be I wouldn't be confident with putting out a, a map of this nature now out now, because I think it does will drive a certain sort of uh, pre-selection, whether we like it or not. I think that will happen. Uh, uh, but on the other hand, I, w- I would like getting the call for sites done quickly. So I wouldn't want to hold it up. And that's one of the reasons I'd like just to get going with the, an open call for sites without the area of search.
17: Yeah. So to, to answer that, the, um, the areas of search would be
8: uh,
17: intertwined with the call for sites. It would be part of the call for sites it would be published um, at the time of issuing that call. And um, so it's but where the distinction is, is between that being the call for sites process guided by the areas of search completely separate to the formation of a development strategy, a vision and a development strategy that would be done through the community engagement programme that we outlined earlier. That's where the distinction is. The call for sites as guided, as informed by that areas of search map, that's just that. – I've described it as a site-generating tool. (laughs) It's not a great term, but it's just to make sure those sites come in Um, hopefully in those better connected areas, but also where people outside are welcome to submit sites, but they might just think carefully about what shortcomings they might have. Those sites just come in um, with absolutely no indication from us as to where development ought to happen or what our vision is. Meanwhile, we are slowly developing that vision with the wider community through the Community Stakeholder Forum and that process there. So that's where the distinction is. It's between those two processes.
0: Application, please. Thanks, Mr. Chairman. i mean,
11: looking at the, the map that has been produced. I mean, there is one item, one area that has been suggested, Carver Barracks, which is not on the, the that map. And it does seem to me that we might be kind of then be perceived as ruling that out when that has been a solution that has been in the public domain for some time. And therefore, I, I do do think I will take Stephen up. There might be some other location that should actually be on that map, which may be not the most sustainable location, but they are ones that have been suggested by the residents and the experts uh, that are... Possibilities or feasible? So the the map, as as before you
9: now, is simply uh, setting out the facts in terms of everything within two kilometres of of the main towns, um, the other major employment areas, the the railway stations and and public transport, the motorway, uh, dual carriageway junctions. So it's simply a a factual um, statement in, in map form. So it's not identifying sites which others have identified, which in the example you give gave Gabe, is an example which residents have, have talked about previously and various town and parish councils as well. They, they would have the ability to submit that site to the call for sites um, being informed by this map. So as an example of a site which is outside these areas which we've identified as potentially proposing to identify as more sustainable, they would want to think about how how access to this site would work so that it didn't just end up being a, a, a community which was um, led by the private motor car um, so that, that would be the intention of that example and that would work for other examples as well so other ones which residents or, or developers wanted to submit outside of these, these um, areas of search they would be um, we would be intending that they think about, how they addressed accessibility concerns and made their development more sustainable. I think the question remains, do you think these areas are the right areas and are there other criteria? So if you shouldn't look at it this way in terms of which sites would you want to include, but, but are there other factors which you think should influence the areas of search?
0: Right. Thank you, Stephen. Members, I think we've chewed this over for long enough. Let's go to the chase now and and make a decision on this.
8: question is, do we support the use of areas of search? Either the ones shown on the map that's been before us,
0: or different areas of search on whatever criteria they may be be drawn up. So I suspect we might be split on this. So, Sarah, could I ask you to call... um, for a a vote on this, please, and see um, whether we support the use of areas of search in principle, irrespective of what they are or not. So it's a question of, are people in support of the use of areas of search, if you'd be supportive?
1: Okay. Uh, Councillor Bagnall? Uh,
7: Not in support of areas of search. Uh, Councillor Caton? In support,
4: Councillor Lees. In support,
5: Councillor Lemon. Sorry, not in support, Councillor Light. Not in support of these as they stand. Councillor Pavitt? In support.
1: Councillor Reeve? In support. Councillor Sutton? Not in support. Councillor Taylor? In support. Uh, And Chair, are you voting? In support. support. Uh, So I think that's... Is that six in favour and four against?
8: Yes. Well chewed up. The question is, what kind of areas? How do we progress this, Uh, gentlemen, officers?
0: On the basis of what you've heard tonight, what do you think is the next step? We have the um, support for the principle of this use of areas of search how we're going to take it forward well we we would like to
9: um as, as chancellor me was saying we would like to get the call for sites start started soon um so we would like to work on the areas of search if, if as, as this uh, is what you're favoring um could we progress soon as well so if there are any any discussion over the areas of search we would like that to be um we'd like this like this to occur as soon as possible so that so that our work can progress
17: um i mean yeah yeah sorry if i could um, uh, um if it helps and um, so so the next adjusting standard uh, trying um Work up on that basis. Work up the actual final map, being clear about what any assumptions were and what criteria were used in in selecting the the areas. Um, so we'd then bring back a, a final map uh, for consideration. I think it would also be helpful to include um, information on the wording that we would put accompanying it as well, because it's really critical that we explain what the role is of the map and that there will be that opportunity through the separate community engagement programme to discuss where development ought to happen, because this map is completely neutral. It's not supposed to make decisions to where things ought to come forward. Um, It's just to make sure we have the sites when we get to the point that we consider what the vision is and the strategy so i think it's really important that if we bring back um the the final map um together with the, the material that would accompany it um to explain its role that would be published alongside it uh, that would be the next steps as we see them um, i think so it would be probably targeting the next meeting of this group to, to bring that back and so if in the meantime anyone's got comments about what those areas ought to be and we can take those on board and try and address those comments in the report thank you final
3: item then item nine changes sorry can i come back i've i've voted in support really on condition of of the principle but not the detail and we're saying we're going to have the detail done at the next meeting I think to actually get that, that done deserves a, a meeting on its own right, not sort of twenty minutes in the middle of a um, uh, of a much bigger meeting. Is it possible to have a, a, a two-hour workshop or you know Zoom special or I don't know what just on this subject to look at the maps before the next meeting? Okay, so you
17: no know reason why not. Absolutely.
13: Sounds
17: like an excellent. I was
13: going to say exactly the same, Councillor Reid.
5: Yeah, I agree. It's a very important thing we should do. Can I suggest that it's an all-member workshop?
4: No. Oh, sorry. Uh, May I suggest that it can't be an all-member workshop because that's too many people, and this is the LPG, and we're the ones that made the recommendation. 30-odd councillors discussing that site map. I can see the colour draining from the officers' faces at the thought of it, including my own.
5: Um, Can I suggest that 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 information is sent, uh, the maps and whatever information that we will have is actually circulated and people asked to uh, send their opinions?
0: No. no, This is our our function. This is why we're here. This is what we're doing.
4: uh, If I may, Chair, there is nothing to stop members sending it to their own party members to discuss for them to bring... Um, That's that's a fair point, but I don't think it's right that the officers should be asked to do it. So it's up to party members if they want to share it with their
0: colleagues. Okay, you're happy with that, Councillor Reed? For your excellent suggestion, wonderful. Finally, just gone ten o'clock. We we with a wink, it is long gone by now. Item nine: changes to the current planning system. Over to you, Mr. Miles. Thank you, Chair. Um, Final report, uh, as
9: you say, contains a proposed response to the uh, government consultation, changes to the planning system. Consultation covers four areas, standard methodology, first homes, supporting small and medium-sized developers, and extension of permission in principle. Um, the, The draft response... Primarily um, focuses on the standard methodology but also covers the other areas, uh, and officers from development management and housing have informed the draft response. Um, The response has been drafted so as to be as positive as possible and offer solutions to perceived flaws in the proposals. This is so that the government is better able to and potentially more likely to take the response into account when updating proposals
8: following the consultation um, members views of thought sort on the draft p- response
9: before discussion with the portfolio holder and sign off by the leader i would also like to quickly address the points raised by mr haynes in, in his response he raised a couple of points at the start of this meeting excellent um, so he, he raised a point about um why the, the why should we take into account the, the baseline housing position in addition to the household projections? This is in question one, um, and this comes back to um, seeking to be as, as positive as, as possible and support the government's proposals where they are they seem reasonable. And and, and this to Uttlesford, to Uttlesford, it makes no difference to the calculation, and taking into account the number of homes in in, in districts. I mean. Doesn't see, it doesn't sound unreasonable, so it, it's seeking to be positive, which is I've done that. On, on question four, and, and you made a point about whether it's right to take affordability into account, um, the government has sought to use affordability as a measure for, um, for identifying housing need for a number of years now. It's clear that it is something which they think is important in terms of identifying where people want to live and, and therefore where new houses should be built. Um, this again was, was raised in the discussion with, with uh, the officials in, in the meeting with uh, MHCLG and then they, they made a strong point on, on affordability being something that's important to take into account. So um, that's why we have tested that, that supporting affordability as an issue is reasonable but not um, taking in, into account twice, as as we've suggested, they're doing on affordability and changes in affordability over time, which means that other issues, if they're paper, um, would be would be lessened. And then you made a couple of points further on question fourteen. I oh, guess exception sites um, and the potentially being able to take into account. Uh, include market housing in in exception sites. We've suggested that in in limited circumstances, this could be uh, acceptable, subject to viability. If there's a particular need for uh, affordable housing in a village and an exception site is not viable without some small element of market housing, then that would be an opportunity to to provide needed housing by, by allowing a small amount of market housing. Um, but but completely understand where he's coming from. And then, question oh, no, 17, he was supporting um, what, we, what the proposed response says. So uh, that's my introduction and, and my response to Mr Haynes' questions. Thank you.
8: Thank
9: you very
0: much, uh, Mr Miles. the light. Like, you have your hand up.
5: forgot to unmute, sorry. Um, I'd just like to make four comments. I do agree with uh, what our public speaker actually said. Um, that, that was right. Um, I have said this before, but uh, because we're commenting now on the local plan, um, the proposals, I would uh, say that the um, algorithm is flawed, and I'd like to, to see that included. Uh, I didn't spot it very clearly. I know you're trying to be positive, Stephen, but you might as well be, be clear. Um, sometimes being too subtle doesn't help because people don't see the point Um, that the current methodology of 706 is is also um, actually incorrect as we use the population forecasts uh, which have just been published by Essex that it actually comes to less than 300 uh, households per annum which is a huge difference to 1,231, which the government is proposing, and the other points I would like to see included: um, are the fact of the factor of Brexit, because that is actually going to uh, presumably there will be less people coming to live in this country, and the development of the North and levelling up, which would also make a change in how many people are coming down to the southeast uh, to work and to London in particular. And the fourth point is, um, are actually the changing patterns of work, as we have already noted on the previous item.
0: So if you could include those, that would be great. Thank you. Mr Miles, what's your response to those comments? What's your knee-jerk reaction, dare I say, for one of a better word, although it sounds very unprofessional? Forgive me for that. Um, So on those points, on... The
9: algorithm is, is flawed and, and being clear on that. I mean, the response to the proposed response to question four do, does suggest that it, that it, in effect, the formula is, is flawed because it's suggesting that it, it's double dipping on affordability as an issue. I mean, it can certainly be included uh, a statement to that effect to say that the, the, the formula is flawed, etc. That, that would be consistent with uh, the, the draft response. Um, on the, um, the current methodology, I don't think it would be helpful to, to comment on the current methodology. That That's not what the government is consulting upon. Um, the, the current standard methodology is, is what it is, and, and they're proposing changes to it. If we wanted to propose a different change to it, then that could be something we would, we could try and do. But um, I don't think just criticising the existing methodology is is would be helpful. On the reference to Brexit, again, if well, I'm not sure. The government, well, I'm not sure there is much clarity on um, on the
8: impacts of Brexit in, in Uttelsod or, or elsewhere, and so it would be difficult to helpfully
9: say how the um, the calculation could take into account Brexit. I mean you could add a statement to say that they should think about it, but I don't see how they could or or, or how they could take that into account. Indeed. But, and then sorry, just on the other two points on so levelling up the north with north so there is a reference in there at the moment which we don't talk about leveling up the north but the response to question five number one talks about the government aspirations for growth areas and we've used the example of oxford, the oxford to cambridge arc as being an area which the government has said they want growth but the formula doesn't result in additional growth there. it results in a lowering of growth in a number of authorities so it doesn't seem to be consistent with government policy. And we could add another, a further example there about the levelling up of the north, because, again, that's something the government's talking about. And how does the, the formula deliver on that proposal? So that's something that, that could be added and be consistent. And then on changing patterns of work, I mean, yes, we could add something there about the, the uncertainty associated with um the public health emergency and the changing patterns of work but uh, yeah i'm not quite sure how how they would how they do that but we could include a reference to it yes okay thank you very much Councillor Taylor.
5: thank
15: you i just say um i totally support what uh the, the suggestions made by councillor light and also i take on board stephen's um Response, and I think that all those amendments seem to be very sensible, but particularly about the um, affordability numbers and the, and the um, algorithm used. But I totally support what she's just said, and if those could be included, they would have my support. Thank you, Coach. Mister Caden,
11: please. Yes, I would like to support what Stephen has said on on most of this subject. I mean particularly I don't know if we've got that far the the changes to proposed changes for bill and the fact that they're proposing the council could borrow on on the basis of future payments and I'm I've got severe reservations about that because the builders have been known to go bankrupt once they've sold the last house, and then that would leave the uh, district council holding the baby. Uh, and I do think that is an extremely flawed um, suggestion. Well, you know, I would maybe toughen up uh, Stephen's um, uh, suggestion, which is rather, uh, say, that would I think you say something along the line that it would create problems further down the line well i think it, you know it, it's going to cause financial issues for councils if if um developers do kind of go bust along the process then we're going to be left with uh, the cost of infrastructure uh, and, and i don't think we can can match the afford that
0: or should approve that Thank you Councilor. Mr Miles what's your re- response to that um, So the, the
9: proposals to, the infrastru- to create the infrastructure levy to replace community infrastructure levy and, and, and section 106 in some instances that is contained within the white paper rather than the changes to the planning system consultation Um, and we'll be bringing a report uh, with a draft response to to this group uh, in October uh, for comments. So it's the other consultation. Thank you very much. Now, I'm going to jump the
0: gun at nearly quarter past ten. The recommendation is the group notes and comments upon the draft response. Would I be right in thinking that we are minded to note it And comment that we we welcome um, Stephen and his fellow officers. And Stephen, I'd be grateful if you could pass my thanks on to uh, your fellow officers as well that have contributed to this uh, very clear and comprehensive uh, response. And say we we welcome that subject to the comment, to the amendments that you yourself have, have just suggested. Members, what do we think about that? Are we happy with that? I'll take that as a great big resounding yes, Stephen. so thank you very much indeed um, for that members were there. I thought the last meeting was a long one. we beaten it, but only by four
8: minutes
9: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, chair could I could I just uh, say something for clarity as well on on yes, what what we're doing with the draft response so as I, as I said at the start of the item, I'm meeting with, with Councillor Evans tomorrow to, to discuss the response and, and, and uh, discuss how the conversation here tonight. Um, it will then uh, so I'll be then following discussing it with with the portfolio holder, it will be signed off by the, the executive uh, uh, through executive decision by, by the leader of the council. Um, so there's potential for change through, through those things, but I, I just wanted to be clear. That we that's, will... that's fine. You have our comments, Councillor Evans. May
0: I may not support them. You will find out uh, when you when you make the discuss. Okay. Thank you very much, everyone.
5: Thanks very much to the officers, especially for all their hard work.
0: Yeah, for all the staff for staying here till whatever time it is. I'm sure you're still awake, even if it's only just. But mm-hmm. well, done. well done all. Thank you. all right. Thank you, everyone. Thank Thank you, everyone. Right. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.